So we'll leave officer involved shootings alone for a second. The overwhelming amount of statistics range from 11% to 22% increase in gun homicide rates when um, such laws are passed. If that were the case, would you do anything different in this bill that's not currently in there? Well, I, I will say I, I do think it's still it's still a bit of a hypothetical because your your, your question asked him for a response if these statistics were found to be accurate. I, I think it's that's that's very hard for them to answer. I'm going to ask you if you can clarify that question and take out elements to it, sure, uh, or rephrase or reframe or ask a different question. Your recommendation. Sure. Right now, um, would you agree? that there has been an increase in road rage incidents in the past four years. Ranking member, this this bill is about permitless carry in the state of Florida, not traffic or, or road rage. I'm going to rule that that question is not germane to the substance of the bill and ask you to ask a question on the substance of the bill. You're Thank recognized for a question. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I was trying to lay the predicate because um, what we found is road rage incidents have been on the rise along with a lot of other incidents of violence. Wait, 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 this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to I'm not trying to be hurt, but this is, I know this you're is not. The, the, the time to lay out the predicate and make those statements, share opinions, state uh, anecdotal or factual stories is in debate. I'm going to ask you to narrow it down and ask a question with an interrogatory with a question mark on the end for sure. You're recognized. Ready for the question mark. So the question mark is when permitless carry laws are passed in a lot of states. Incidents that were normally just resolved with a fist fight are often now escalated into an irreversible death. How does your bill, if at all, take into account um, that reality? You're, you're recognized. Once again, I don't agree with the premise. But I think that probably the reason those things are happening is a lack of civility that we've seen in the last few years, especially against police officers. That would be the reason, and, and, and I'll tell you another statistic I'll point to, is that people are coming to Florida in droves and they're fleeing states like California, Illinois, Illinois, and New York, York, that have some of the most restrictive uh, gun laws on the books. So why is crime up in those areas? <coughs> Terrible the things that have happened the last few weeks in California, but several of the, of the shootings that have been much publicized in the media happened there, and their laws are certainly much more restricted than they, than they are here. But uh, I, I think basically my answer to that is the, the total lack of civility we see at times uh, in, the, in the country is probably leading to some of those incidents that you're referring to, and I don't think there's any signs to show that it's because this state or that state passed a uh, Thank you for the, the pre-acknowledgement of a question. I think I'll, I'll just pause for a second. Thank you. I, I see we have a lot of public comments, so I want to hear from the public. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Ranking Member. Uh, Representative Edmonds, you are recognized for a question. You didn't even look back here. Thank, thank you, Chairman. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, with this bill, are there any additional locations that you all are requiring that will not allow uh, untrained carry? Are there any additional locations that you have added that will not allow untrained carry? Uh, 
in the amount of $100,000. Uh, several insurance companies already exist that offer these programs, including one affiliated with the NRA, um, and this is provided at a nominal rate uh, to, to gun owners. Uh, this amendment would also require uh, the gun owner to carry that proof of insurance with them, along with their government-issued ID, and failure to do so would incur a $25 penalty, which is uh, the same amount as proposed in this bill. Uh, this amendment does not affect gun owners that choose to carry a concealed weapons license, but only those that would opt out of obtaining a concealed uh, weapon permit. Uh, and that is the amendment, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Representatives. Members, we are in questions on the amendment presented by Representative Cross. We are in questions. Members, questions on the amendment. Seeing no questions on the amendment, is there public testimony on the amendment? Public testimony on the amendment. Seeing, having no. We do have one appearance card on the amendment. It looks like this is Eric Friday. <coughs> Mr. Friday, if you're here. Support Gary Wade in opposition. Thank you, waving in opposition. Seeing <coughs> no further public testimony on the bill, we're going to move into debate. Members, we're in debate on the amendment offered by Representative Cross. Debate on the amendment. Seeing no debate on the amendment, Representative Cross, you are recognized to close on amendment barcode number 243875. Thank you, Mayor, Mr. Chair. Um, and just this amendment is simply meant to protect communities and gun owners by creating a culture in which the gun owners are more aware of their legal status. Uh, protected from potential legal harm and maybe we're more aware of training opportunities. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Cross. Members, we're now going to vote on the amendment. All in favor of the amendment, signify by saying yay. 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 All opposed, nay. Yay. Members, the amendment fails. We are going to move next to an amendment barcode number 115. 055 by Representative Edmonds. Representative Edmonds, you are recognized to explain your amendment. Thank you, uh, Chair. I think I have a friendly amendment. Essentially, all my amendment is asking for is to not allow uh, a concealed carry license within any grocery store, gas station, shopping mall, or a public lodging establishment, or any religious institution, or any music art or other similar that is my amendment. Thank you, Representative. Members, we're now in questions on the amendment presented by Representative Edmonds. Questions on the amendment? Seeing no questions on the amendment, do we have public testimony on the amendment? Have no appearance cards, seeing no public testimony. Members, do we have debate on the amendment offered by Representative Edmonds? Seeing no debate on the amendment, Representative Edmonds, you are recognized to close on amendment barcode 115055. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, January 4th, 2023, there was a mass shooting in Utah. Um, in October 24th, 2022, there was a mass shooting in St. Louis, Missouri at the Center Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. In August 28th, 2022, in Oregon, Ben, there was another mass shooting. On July 17th, 2022, in Greenland, Greenwood, Indiana, uh, there was a shooting at the mall. Um, all these states that I'm listing has the same provision that we're about to pass today. And the locations that I have included in my amendment are essentially just locations that have had mass shootings before. So we're just trying to prevent it here in Florida. So I think, again, it's a friendly amendment. The bill is going to pass. I just hope that we can allocate more locations so we can keep a little bit more Floridian safe. 
that is the amendment, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Members, we're going to vote on amendment barcode 115055 offered by Representative Edmonds. All in favor of the amendment signify so by saying yay. Yay. All opposed signify by saying no. 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 The amendment fails. Next, members, we're going to take up amendment barcode 431135 by Representative Waldron. Representative Waldron, you are recognized to explain your amendment. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, this amendment closes a loophole to require guns and, uh, ghost guns and unfinished ghost guns to adhere to the same standard as all other guns. Uh, ghost guns are homemade, untraceable firearms, most of which do not have serial numbers, and these guns and the parts for them can be purchased without a background check. By law, all firearm, firearms manufacturers are required to serialize all firearms they produce and sell, and we have a system of laws in place on a federal and state level to regulate the sale and possession of firearms. Uh, untraceable ghost guns are increasingly used by criminals as a means to avoid background checks and tracing, and they're a growing weapon of choice among people who are legally prohibited from buying guns. This amendment does not change who can and cannot own a gun. Thank you, Representative. Members, we're now in questions on the amendment offered by Representative Waldron. Members, are there questions on the amendment? Seeing no questions on the amendment. Seeing no questions on the amendment, we're now going to move into public testimony on the amendment. Do we have public testimony on the amendment? I have no appearance cards on the amendment. No public testimony. Members, we're now in debate on the amendment offered by Rep. Waldron. Members, in debate on the amendment. Seeing no members who wish to debate. Rep. Waldron, you are recognized to close on amendment barcode 431135. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I urge you to support this amendment. Close this loophole that is allowing bad actors to find an easy supply of unserialized ghost guns and to aid law enforcement in their ability to solve Thank you, Representative Waldron. We're going to vote on the amendment barcode 431135. All in favor of the amendment, signify by saying yay. Yay. All opposed, signify by saying no. 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 The amendment fails. Members, we have three more amendments that you're going to find. We have, excuse me, we have four more amendments. These four amendments are offered by Ranking Member Joseph. You're going to find these on a hard copy on your desk on the yellow paper. The barcode is towards the bottom of the amendment on the left side of the paper for reference. Uh, members, we're going to start with amendment offered by Ranking Member Joseph, barcode number 583143. Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized to explain your amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chair. This particular amendment adds some of the best practices that we've seen around the world to actually reduce gun violence. It's not lost upon me that every other country in the developed world experiences one mass shooting and they fix the problem. The United States is the only country in the developed world that persistently and consistently gets this painfully wrong. So I said, okay, if other people fix it, maybe we could fix it too. So I took a look literally at how other countries around the world deal with processing um, allowing people to have what we consider in the United States a constitutionally protected right to bear arms and what mechanisms they play, they put in place so that people can exercise that right in a safe way. So this is the summary of those efforts. This amendment 
makes it so that in order to be able to carry a concealed weapon in public, um, a couple of things need to happen. They need to have completed a firearm safety class and passed a written exam. It makes no sense that people have to pass an exam to drive a vehicle, but not to own a gun. The second thing it requires is that there's a written statement from a physician licensed in Florida certifying that the individual is mentally fit and does not have a history of drug abuse because we found that those are some of the things that lead to gun deaths. Third, it requires that the person have passed a mental health evaluation and drug screening administered by, it could be the Department of Agriculture, but I'm flexible on who could administer it. Um, then it requires a one day, just one day, training class in firearms use and pass a live firing test devised by the Department of Agriculture or any state agency you think would be appropriate um, with at least 90% accuracy. So we don't have people who don't know how to use guns running around <laughs> with guns. Fifth, it requires that the gun owner have a safe place or container to store all firearms and ammunition locker that meet safety requirements, all of which must be inspected by a law enforcement officer so that they're storing it in a safe place so that we don't have random little kids or other people getting access to guns when they shouldn't. And we've seen lots of news reports, so I don't even need to mention those. And finally, it requires that the person be fingerprinted and pass a criminal background screening administered by currently the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services um, which should ex explicitly include a background check identifying any involvement in domestic violence or any other physical violence towards self or others, which is aimed at protecting people from suicide. Those are some of the highest factors that we've seen that contribute to gun-related deaths in this country, and this amendment is narrowly tailored to address just those issues if we, in fact, care at all about reducing gun violence-related deaths. That is the amendment, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Ranking Member, for explaining your amendment. Members, are there questions on the First Amendment presented by Ranking Member? Just questions on the amendment. See no questions on the amendment. I do not see any public appearance cards on the amendment, public testimony on the amendment. Seeing none, members, we are in debate on the amendment offered by Ranking Member Joseph. Members in debate. See no debate. Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized to close on your amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I have a concealed carry permit. I'm a very good shot. I value the right to bear arms, but it needs to be done in a safe way. The last thing you need is somebody running around who don't know how to shoot a gun, don't know how to hold a gun, don't know how to do anything with a gun, with a gun. We also do not need people who have documented mental illness that we are aware of, who have a history of violence, getting their hands on a gun. We don't need terrorists with their hands on a gun. And some of the arguments I hear against this is, well, you know, good guys, they don't, they don't worry about that. Well, we don't need to make it easier for bad guys to have guns either. That don't make no sense. 
This is an effort to keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people in our public spaces, which right now, at least they have to do an initial screening, but now you're making it voluntary. Do you think the people who shouldn't have guns are gonna volunteer to get screened? <laughs> so, but these are policy decisions that we're making. This is political carry. This is something where we're prioritizing politics over people. These are things in this amendment that we know will help save people's lives. If we care about life, if we care about the right to life, does that outweigh the right to bear arms? They're not mutually exclusive. We can have both. We can do them in a way that preserves both, but is not irresponsible and brings us in line with literally the rest of the world. Why should an American <laughs> child be less safe than a child in New Zealand or a child in Japan? Does that make sense? It doesn't. But we, the legislators, are responsible. And it's not a question of if the next mass shooting is going to happen, but when. And the, the statistics are alarming, but some people don't seem to care. But there are things that we could do about it. This is an amendment <coughs> that can do something about it. I encourage the members to vote on this. <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Ranking Member Joseph. Members, we're now going to proceed to vote on amendment offered by Ranking Member Joseph, barcode number 583143. All in favor of the amendment signify by saying yay. Yay. All opposed signify by saying no. 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 Show the amendment fails. Members, we're going to move on to the second amendment offered by Ranking Member Joseph. This is uh, amendment barcode number 965537. Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized to explain your amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chair. This amendment is similar to the one offered by Representative Edmonds, um, but it adds just protection in sensitive spaces. So in addition to making sure that you could not carry in religious institutions, um, places of worship, so not just churches, but synagogues, mosques, et cetera, but also concert venues and a polling place. And I want to pause and talk about the polling place for a second, because when we're thinking about protecting some of our other constitutional rights, including um, protecting our right to vote and our access to the franchise, which is a privilege, we want to make sure that people are not subject to intimidation tactics. This country has a sordid history of intimidation, particularly in the South, particularly in Florida, when it comes to these things. And one of the things as a voting rights, civil rights attorney, we work with law enforcement to make sure that even when law enforcement is showing up at polling places, they're not visibly law enforcement, so they don't scare people away and they don't use intimidation tactics of the state. And these are things coming from Haiti um, where we have countries in Central and South America and lots of other parts of the world where either dictatorship has taken hold or fascism has taken hold and elements of the state are now, or sometimes not even elements of the state, elements of some random faction are used to intimidate people. This would be a way to protect people just trying to exercise their freedom to vote. This amendment would just make it so that you can't open carry and go around trying to intimidate people. 
which is something that we cannot ignore in light of our American history. That is the amendment, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Ranking Member. Members, are there questions on the amendment offered by Ranking Member Justice? Members, questions on the amendment? Seeing no questions, I do not see any public appearance cards. Seeing no public testimony on the amendment, we're going to move into debate on the amendment. Members, we are in debate on the amendment offered by Ranking Member Joseph. Seeing no members who wish to debate, Representative Joseph, you are recognized to close on the amendment barcode number 965537. I'm just trying to keep people safe. I'm just trying to make sure that they can worship in peace and exercise that right that's also protected by the Constitution for freedom of religion, for worship. I'm trying to protect their right to peaceably assemble and protest without people showing up in guns, with guns that can quickly escalate violence. I'm trying to just help people live, live free. A lot of us came to this country specifically because of that, because of regimes that made it so that we could not live free. We just want to make sure that we can live free and safe. It is possible. The whole rest of the world does it. We can too. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Having closed, members, we're now going to proceed to vote on, mem on amendment barcode number 965537. All in favor of the amendment, signify so by saying yay. Yay. All opposed, signify by saying no. 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 Show the amendment fails. Members, we're going to move on to um, Amendment barcode number 190383, also offered by Ranking Member Joseph. Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized to explain your amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chair. So one of the things that we've recognized in states that they have passed um, permitless carry laws is a drastic uptake, um, uptake in gun thefts. And the place they steal them from the most is from vehicles. So this is just a safety measure to make it harder for criminals who are out there stealing anyway, because you know they're not the ones volunteering to go through the screening, um, to have access to a gun to steal. That is the amendment. Thank you, ranking member. Members, are there questions on the amendment? We're in questions on the amendment. Seeing no questions, is there public testimony on the amendment? Seeing no appearance cards, no public testimony on the amendment. Members, we are now in debate on the amendment. Members in debate, see no members who wish to debate. Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized to close on amendment barcode 190383. Thank you. Um, this is one of those statistics that is not mixed. You're not gonna find statistics on the other side. Invariably, without exception, every single time there is a permitless carry um, bill that passes any state in this union, you will find a drastic rise in gun thefts. And most of those occur from cars. One study found that passing such laws elevates gun thefts by roughly 35%, introducing tens of thousands of guns into the hands of criminals or illegal gun markets each year. As law enforcement, I know that you know that we confiscate 
quite a few of these guns um, and they exist and they're just, they've been increasing over time and this legislation will just make it worse. But this amendment, adopting this amendment would make it just a little bit safer, not better, but a little bit safer to make it at least one less target of where we know they're going to try to steal guns because we already know it's gonna happen. It's foreseeable um, and there's something we could do about it. That's what this amendment does. I encourage you all to vote up on it. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Ranking Member. Members, we're now going to proceed to vote on amendment barcode number 190383. All in favor of the amendment signify by saying yay. Yay. All opposed? No. No. Show the amendment fails. Members, we're going to take up amendment barcode 398711 presented by Ranking Member Joseph. Ranking Member, you are recognized to explain your amendment. swap the explanation the explanation for barcode three nine eight seven one one i just gave was for the bill the amendment now so the the one for one nine zero three three i'm going to give now so they were just swapped just for the record so that's clear so look, there, there are two amendments one of them prohibits guns and cars that's the one for three nine eight seven one one I just explained that one. We just dealt with that one. <laughs> I don't know if the chair can just acknowledge that for the record to reflect that accordingly. Well, so here's here's what I'm going to do. Um, I was clear and distinct in announcing the barcode numbers of the amendments very clearly multiple times. Uh, I'm going to allow you to explain uh, amendment 398711, the amendment we are on now. The explanation that you provide is whatever explanation of the amendment that you want to provide to the members that are going to be voting on amendment 398711. Okay. You are recognized to explain amendment ARCA number 398711. Okay, so I'm just going to incorporate my reference, my prior explanation about 3.98711, which had to do with no guns and vehicles. And just so that it's out there for the record, uh, one barcode 190383 is one that would implement universal background checks in order to be able to have permitless carry. And that specifically would include um, making sure that in the case of private sales, which we started to get to into questions, that for example, in instances where someone loans a firearm to a person who is under 18, um, or they loan a firearm to an adult or family member, uh, as well as somebody who is using it for lawful hunting, um, and, and sporting education, that there's also some kind of screening before uh, they have access to a gun. That was for Amendment 190383. I don't think our vote count is going to change much, but I wanted to make sure that I was out there for the record. Um, so getting back to the one you just called, 398711, uh, that again is to make sure that uh, guns are not stored in vehicles because of the theft concerns. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Ranking Member. 
Members, are there questions on amendment R code 398711? Seeing no questions from members. Is there public testimony? Having no appearance card, seeing no public testimony. We're moving into debate. Members, we are in debate on the amendment 398711. Do we have debate? See no debate from members. Ranking member Joseph, you are recognized to close on amendment 398711. Close, Chair. Okay. Having waived closed, we are now going to vote on amendment barcode 398711. All in favor of the amendment signify by saying yay. Yay. All opposed, say no. No. Show this amendment fails. Members, we're now moving on to amendment barcode number 115055. That's amendment barcode number 115055. 055, Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized to explain your amendment. Members, excuse me, we have already uh, we have already voted on that amendment. That was an amendment we did that uh, Representative Edmonds presented earlier. We are now done with the amendment portion of. members bear with us we're ironing out the wrinkles here uh, we have concluded the amendment portion uh, of the bill we are now going to move on to public testimony <coughs> members we have approximately 120 people wishing to speak on the bill <laughs> we are going to start out by allocating two minutes per person um, I may have to decrease this time as the segment moves forward depending on our time constraints please keep your comments concise Please keep your comments on the subject of the bill. You know, we have a wide range of opinions on this bill, anywhere from mandatory carry to no carry, probably everything in between. Uh, if your points have been made, I would encourage you to waive your time in support or opposition to the bill. I'll call the name of the person that's up to speak, as well as who's next on deck. So please be ready to come forward when you're next to speak. With that, let's get started. First up, we have Isabel Weir. And up next, we are going to have Sheriff Bob Gautier. Do we have an Isabel here in the audience who wishes to speak? Spear waves in opposition. Thank you. Okay, we have Sheriff Gautier. You are recognized to speak on the bill. Up next on deck, we have Mr. Bob White on deck. Sheriff, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Good afternoon, members. Uh, Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Valtieri, and I'm here on behalf of me as Pinellas County Sheriff and Florida Sheriff's Association, and we support this bill. Uh, I started my law enforcement career over 40 years ago, and I've never once found anybody that's going to carjack somebody, break into a house, or rob a store that says, wait a minute, let me go down and get my concealed carry permit first. This bill doesn't do anything for public safety. It, if it, it, what it does, against public safety, what it does is allows people to protect themselves. You know, when people talk about this bill, they say, well, people are going to have access to guns. There's going to be more guns on the street. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's not going to affect one more gun on the street. In fact, all of this, the sponsor of the bill uh, got into and talked about is, is that all the prohibitions, all the places you can't carry, all the things you can't do, you can't do under this. And if you're a concealed carry permit holder, this is no different than if you're not as far as the regulations are concerned. As it relates to the training, is that I encourage you to do this. Go on your phone right now, go to Google, and, and Google concealed carry permit course in Florida. The first thing that's going to come back is an online training in Las Vegas, Nevada, that you can do and you can pay a small fee for. 
And so the training that people get today is really meaningless training. It's this online course for about 30 minutes, and that's what you get. Now it says you have to also do a live fire course, is that Google that. And you go to a hotel where they rent a conference room up and down I-4, and you go in the back of the hotel after they take you outside, you shoot into a water barrel with a 22 one time, and that's the training. So people aren't getting trained. This bill protects people's right to protect themselves. It has no bearing on the training because people don't get it today. It has no bearing on who has guns, who possesses guns, who buys guns. In fact, you go in to buy a gun today, and after this bill passes, you'll still have to pass a background check. So it has absolutely nothing to do with that. And the Florida Sheriffs strongly support this bill. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Sheriff. Mr. Bob White, I have two appearance cards, one in support, one in opposition. You are recognized to explain your support and opposition. Oh, no, sir, we're in opposition to the bill. Okay, and one minute, one minute. Up next on deck, we have uh, Mr. Arthur Tom. So, Mr. Tom, you can start making your way to the podium. Mr. White, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee. Mark Twain opined that a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting its shoes on. That is certainly the case as it relates to HB 543. The lie, of course, is that this is a constitutional carry bill. It is not. It is a permitless concealed carry bill, period. That's it. That's all it is. This legislation that you're considering today falls woefully short of the provisions that would be required in order for it to truthfully be referred to as a constitutional carry bill. This bill reeks of capitulation to the donor class in Florida at the expense of your constituents. There are so many abridgments of our Second Amendment rights contained in Florida statutes that to call this bill constitutional carry is an insult to our intelligence. It does not provide for open carry, a right enjoyed by the citizens of 25 other states. It does not eliminate the prohibition against carrying on a college or university campus, leaving tens of thousands of students in danger of being assaulted and even raped, and yes, that has happened on our campuses. It does not restore the constitutional rights of 18, 19, and 20 year olds to lawfully purchase a firearm from a licensed dealer. And finally, it does nothing to rectify the unconstitutional provisions of Florida's red flag law. It does nothing to address the egregious violations of constitutionally required due process rights. And it does nothing to establish guidelines and guardrails to prevent the continued arbitrary and capricious practices being employed by county sheriffs and chiefs of police as it relates to the issuance of risk protection orders. Now, there are those that will follow me that will espouse the conventional wisdom that while this doesn't give us all that we want, it's at least a step in the right direction, and we should support it and still advocate for all the things that it doesn't do. The problem with conventional wisdom is that it's not always correct. What if this is not a first step, but ends up being a final destination instead? What if all future attempts at achieving everything left on the table by this bill are met with the response, hey, look, we gave you constitutional carry. You've got all you're going to get. Now move on. You're at two minutes. Mr. Chairman, thank you very much. Our position is in opposition to this bill unless and until it is amended to at the very least include open carry and address many of the other provisions we've recognized. Thank, thank you. you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. White. Okay, next we have Mr. Arthur Tom from the National Rifle Association. Mr. Tom, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, members of the committee, on behalf of the National Rifle Association and the hundreds of thousands of members here in the state of Florida, we stand in support of this legislation. Um, while we certainly support all the things previously mentioned, this bill is an absolute advancement of firearms rights for lawful gun owners here in the state of Florida. Um, 
contrary to what's been uh, mentioned, there in states that have passed this, there is no uh, reliable data on increase in crime or decrease in safety, certainly not a decrease in officer safety. Um, this bill will, again, in no way change who can carry, where they can carry, or how they can carry. It simply removes the requirement for them to ask the government for permission and to pay a fee. Uh, as you've heard or will hear, law enforcement supports this bill, the prosecutors support this bill, and the National Rifle Association urges you to pass this bill. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Next, we have an appearance card from Ms. Angie Gallo of Florida Coalition to Prevent Gun Violence, waving in opposition. We're now going to recognize Mr. Philip Pino, WFT, speak on the bill. Mr. Topino, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Thank you, Chairman Roach, Vice Chair Barnaby, Ranking Members Joseph, and committee members. My name is Philip Topino, and I own a private training facility in Groveland, Florida called WAFT. WAFT stands for Where Our Families Train. We train families using realistic, customized self-defense scenarios that safely mimic danger because this is a dangerous world. So you and your family can identify your weaknesses and protect what matters most. I applaud the efforts of the Florida House for pushing every member of our bill to come to the table, but not including voting here is confusing for in order to protect and preserve our guns of Florida and America. Sir, can you clarify, are you a proponent or opponent? We need opposition from Mary Susan Hill, Mom's main action for the opposition. Next up, we have Mr. Safety for all people, waiting in opposition to the bill. A card from Mr. Victor Ramirez, waiting in. Oh, I'm sorry, wishes to appear in person. Mr. Ramirez, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Do not see Mr. Ramirez in the audience. It says he is a proponent of the bill. We have a card, Aletta Jarrett, Moms Demand Action, waiting in opposition. Ms. Diana Mueller, DC Project, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Recognize. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Chairman Roach, Ranking Member Joseph, and Vice Chairman Barnaby. My name is Diana Mueller. I'm a retired police officer. I'm a professional competitive shooter 
and I'm the founder of the DC Project Women for Gun Rights. The DC Project is a nationwide nonpartisan group of women dedicated to safeguarding the Second Amendment. We believe that education is the key to firearm safety and violence prevention. On behalf of the DC Project Women of Florida, I want to thank you for your work on this important piece of legislation that makes it easier for men, for women and men to have access to the best tool to protect themselves and their families. We all want the same thing. Who in here wants to be safe? Raise your hands. Raise your hand if you want to be safe. Do you want to be safe? Ma'am, I want you to address the committee, not the audience, please. Sorry, apologies. I want to be safe. I don't want to feel safe. And my firearm allows me to be safe, especially, sir, in church, especially in my grocery store, especially in a convenience store. I want to be safe in those places. Let me tell you about our Florida State Director, Shirley Wattrell. She was supposed to be here, but she got injured in an accident last week and she's unable to attend. She wasn't a gun owner until later in life, after she experienced a violent encounter with someone who claimed to love her. When she tried to break it off, he kidnapped her, beat her, and terrorized her for over 15 hours. She thought she was going to die. She made it out only to continue to live in fear. 30 seconds remaining. She got a restraining order, moved to a gated community, made him furious and he vowed to kill her. She got a firearm because she knew how vulnerable she was. She started training and turned into a different person with the confidence to live. Thank you for this bill. It's gonna make it easier for people to protect themselves. And in closing, I would like to respectfully request the meeting consider the committee to consider open carry. As a woman, I'm smaller, I'm less framed, and it's difficult for me to always carry That's concealed. Fine. Thank you for your time and your leadership on this issue. Thank you. Okay, up next we have Mr. Robert Carmichael. After Mr. Carmichael, we have Sarah Paquette on deck. Mr. Carmichael, if you're in the audience, you are recognized to speak on the bill. We have Mr. Carmichael in the audience. Seeing none, he is a proponent of the bill. Do we have a Ms. Sarah Paquette who wishes to speak on the bill? March for our lives. And after uh, Ms. Paquette, we have uh, Katya Horace. Horace Katya, I'm not sure. You're recognized. Thank you, and good afternoon to the ladies and gentlemen of this committee. I know what it's like to think a shooter is creeping the hallways of my school. I know what it's like to be crying and shaking while texting my mom I love her because I don't think I'll make it out of the school day okay. It ended up being a threat and not my reality, but I remember that moment so vividly as if it was last week, as if every other moment in that entire year didn't exist. So many kids have experienced a much more reality than the threat I encountered. So many kids do not make it out of the school day okay. When I wrote this, there had been 55 mass shootings 34 days into the year. There had been five more, and I wrote this on Saturday. Needless to say, Florida's contribution to this is apparent. Gun control isn't something to be afraid of. Gun control isn't threatening you. The lack of gun control is threatening the lives of Floridians across the state. I have a friend who moved to Australia, and when she finally met another American, do you know what they bonded over? Nightmares about gun violence. Something they haven't seen anyone else talk about because it's not something that happens anywhere else but here. I have friends across the world who are worried for me, who are shocked at how normal it all is to us, 
who have governments looking at us with distasteful eyes and preconceived notions of our values, but this bill does not represent the values of Floridians. The world knows this is not normal. This is not normal. It is not normal. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we have Horace Hakia. Show that he is a proponent of the bill. Crystal Katya. So are you, are you Mr. Katya? Yes. Okay, you are, you are recognized. Thank you. Thank you for everyone for allowing us to be here. As a father, as a business owner, as an NRA member and of NACA, I support the bill because I know that it's very important for us to be able to protect ourselves, our livelihood. I have a family of five. I'm a leader in the community. I'm a pastor as well. And I do feel safer in the area that I live with being able to protect myself with my firearm. I am a concealed carry weapons permit holder. I also teach classes. How I received mine was online, of course. Something that took 30 minutes. And that did not make me feel like I was educated enough to protect my family or anybody else. So I continue to train, and the people that I know who also has their permit have to do the same. If we pass this bill and allow us to carry without a permit, I believe a lot of other people will be a lot safer. There's a lot of people who can't afford the fees that are required. Guns are dropping in price. That doesn't stop anyone from purchasing one. The people that need it need to be able to afford it. And by letting it be permitless, a lot of people that need to protect their family older and less fortunate people will be able to. Thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. Next up, Ms. Crystal Katia. Crystal, if you're here, you just speak on the bill, you're recognized. On deck, we're going to have Patrick Corrigan. You're Hello. recognized. Thank you all. Um, my name is Crystal Cadia. I am actually here before I would have been opposed to the bill, but um, as of recent, my husband and I, we took classes through the NRA to become instructors. It was quite tough. Um, we had to learn uh, different ways to protect yourself in firearms, and we had to also learn different ways to protect our children and different things that we're going through. I'm not a public speaker, sorry guys. But um, one of my biggest things that I wanted to do when it came to this bill was make sure that my family was safe. Um, I have been followed multiple times, um, just recently in the store. I've been followed from um, putting money into the ATM. And my husband was very, uh, really um, in opposition of me not caring. So one of my biggest things was if you teach me and if we go and we learn and we take classes, I will be bored. We did. Um, I have seen an increase in our community with women of color that do need to carry and they have been reaching out more because they saw a lot of us that are unaware when we were children we were taught not to play with guns touch them or anything but at this moment i really feel that it is in our favor to become an open carry just so we would be able to um, have other people that feel more comfortable with the issue and guns and in our community um, black community is very lacking in a lot of these different things and i appreciate it for you guys to consider. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Next up, we have Mr. Patrick Corrigan. Mr. Corrigan, you are recognized to speak on the bill. 
is a proponent of the bill. Waving in opposition, we have Amber Remess from Moms Demand Action Wave in opposition. We have Mr. George Cantor, which is to speak on the bill. Mr. Cantor, if you're in the audience, you're recognized to speak on the bill. We have Mr. Cantor in the audience. You know, Mr. Cantor is a proponent of the bill. We have Ann Powell waving in opposition to the bill. Mr. George Von Cantor, which is to speak in person to the bill. Mr. Von Cantor, are you in the audience? You're recognized to speak on the bill. Record show he's a proponent of the bill. We have Elizabeth Dumont, Moms Demand Action, waving in opposition to the bill. Arlie Lari, National Latina Institute for Reproductive Justice, waving in opposition to the bill. Speaking in person, we have Mr. Jeff Mancuso. Mr. Mancuso, if you're in the audience, you're recognized to speak on the bill. The record reflects he's a proponent of the bill. Ms. Lisa Keep wishes to speak in person on the bill. Ms. Keep, are you here? If you're here, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Next up, we're going to have Mr. Eric Friday. Ms. Keep, you're recognized. Thank you. Uh, I ask you to amend this bill to include open carry, which would make Florida the 47th state to generally allow open carry. Even California allows open carry in rural areas. Concealed carry was historically thought to be a practice of criminals, not of honest citizens, who would openly carry with nothing to hide. You have been participating in delegation meetings, the subjects of which are largely redistributions of taxpayer funds. My county is one that benefits from these distributions, but your job is not to do that. The founders only described one reason to have government at all to secure these rights, rights with which we are endowed by our creator not by you. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not. Those words have specific meaning in the law, as you know. Your duty, your oath of office, requires you to secure our rights, including the one very clearly spelled out in the Second Amendment. It has no qualifiers. The militia were the entire body of the people, for the gentleman who was interested in the militia, and they were at that time required to own serviceable weapons and to train together with them. Democrats, if you think allowing permitless concealed carry is unconstitutional, I challenge you to make your case using only the words of our founders and our founding documents as I have done to make the opposite. I also challenge you to read the history of gun control in the US, which has been racist either by intent or by effect. Republicans, I challenge you to defend your prohibition of open carry, campus carry of 18 to 20 year old adults buying guns, and to defend your 2018 red flag law using only the words of our founders and founding documents. Do your duty, secure these rights. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Eric Friday, you are recognized to speak on the bill on deck. We have Mr. Christopher Rose. Mr. Friday, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I appear today on behalf of Florida Carry and its members. Anyone virtuous enough to vote is virtuous enough to carry a firearm for the defense of themselves and their families. Carrying without going through a background check happens every day by the criminals in this state. They are the only, only people harmed by this law 
as it exists today are the law-abiding citizens who have to go through a process that costs them money, a process that costs them time and effort to go get fingerprinted, when fingerprints can be shut down at a moment's notice because of a pandemic. They're people who are denied their rights and have to be, I've had to sue the Department of Agriculture several times under the previous administration's plural to get the right for people to get their firearm permit. This bill eliminates the need to go sue to get their rights recognized. People waited over a year because the Department of Agriculture was illegally denying licenses and then illegally denying the hearings on those licenses. So unless we're going to have a process that recognizes all rights as equal, we need to get rid of this license or a requirement to have this license because the Second Amendment is not a second-class right. The U.S. Supreme Court has now told us so three times. Florida License Security Handgun was created specifically because a group of armed black citizens in Jacksonville, Florida, on July 4, 1892, prevented an attempted lynching. The following year, this body, Florida legislature, passed a law to require a license to carry a pistol. I promise you, we all know who it was directed at. It is time for Jim Crow to die, and this is a step towards that. Getting rid of this law is just one more Jim Crow law that is no longer on our books. We thank the supporters of this bill, we thank the sponsor, and ask that you vote favorably on this bill. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Friday. Up next, we have Mr. Christopher Rose. Mr. Rose, you are recognized to speak on the bill on deck. Mr. Ben Braver. Mr. Braver, you're on deck right now. Mr. Christopher Rose, you are recognized. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. I wish y'all would have called this bill what it actually is. It's permitless concealed carry. That's it. No more, no less. I don't know why we have to sit through the dog and pony show and tell me that I'm getting what the other half of the country has in constitutional carry. This bill is not constitutional carry. This bill is not close to constitutional carry. This bill is not what the other half of the country has, and I am fed up with being a second-class citizen to those folks. Why do you keep Floridians as second-class citizens to the majority of the rest of the country? I want my rights, my rights that you are barred from taking as agents of government because they come from my creator, and I'm not endowed by them from you. I want my rights back. I want my rights uncriminalized. I want to be able to defend myself as an intelligent, above, 21 adult the way I best see fit for any circumstance or situation that I might be in. I don't think that's too much to ask. It's already illegal to hurt someone unless you're in self-defense. Nothing else that y'all do is going, to, is going to change that. Nothing else that I do is going to change that. I want to know why in the humid and hot summer days that we have here and probably one of the most hottest and humidest state, if not the hottest and humidest state in the country, that I have to keep multiple layers on just if I want to protect myself, which is, you're telling me that is already my right. You're telling me everything I want to hear. You're telling me the Stolen Pony Show says that government doesn't give me my rights, that government shouldn't get in the way, and yet all you're giving me in exchange for government not being in the way is that I don't have to sit through a year waiting on Nikki Freed to give me what is already my right, that I went and paid the cost to do that I went and took additional training to get, already knowing how to use a firearm. But yet all I get is to, to tuck it under here. That's not good enough. That's not constitutional carry. Y'all are baiting and switching. Y'all are lying to your constituents. We want constitutional carry now. We want what the other half of the country has. There's right. about to be a 26th state. We're about to be in the minority. I am not a second-class citizen to the rest Nine. of America. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
Thank you. Members of the public, I want to remind you to keep your remarks on the substance of the bill and refrain from naming or shaming uh, public officials currently or Thank you for that. Um, we have Mr. Ben Braver. You are recognized to speak on the bill. Um, I just want to say thank you and thank you, everyone, like we all had to say. Um, okay. I've been a camp counselor at a summer camp in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains for the past two years. The same place I was a camper for 10 years before that. We provide, a we provide a loving environment, a place for kids to canoe, make lifelong friends, have the first kiss, a home away from home. It's very important for us to make them feel safe. The camp employs a truly intimidating former IDF security guard patrolling nearly 24-7. A cop is on duty about a mile away at all times, and every adult in our camp has been repeatedly trained on what to do in active security threats. Last year, we had to end the camp's long tradition of a fireworks show, one that highlights uh, the highlights of the summer, because too many 14-year-olds can't help but associate that sound with their classmates dying. Fireworks are no longer part of these campers' Fourth of July experience because so many children have been just that close to death. In this generation, no child grows up without gun. Please look me in the eyes. No child grows up without gun violence touching their lives or someone they know. I had a camper this past summer, Grayson, let's say, he was eight years old. All day he'd run around laughing and playing, hiding bananas in my backpack. He wouldn't wear sunscreen when I told him to, and he tumbled through the forest because nothing bothered him. But the first night when I was leaving the cabin, he asked me to stand by his bed and wait with him until he fell asleep because he was scared of, as he said, being shot in the head and dying. And when I told him that wouldn't happen, I felt hollow. I felt hollow because I didn't believe it myself. Do you know genuinely what it feels like to have an eight-year-old look at you crying because they're scared, because they know their friends' lives have been shot away? It's the worst feeling in the world, and it's becoming more common every day. Hi, Mr. Braver. Thank you, sir. Next up, we have Serena Marker, Young Americans for Liberty, and on deck, we have Commissioner Joshua Simmons from the city of Coral Springs. Parker, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Thank you to the chair and the members of this committee for holding this hearing. My name is Serena Barker, and I'm a student activist with Young Americans for Liberty. I am testifying on this bill because it is not true constitutional carry. Although it includes concealed carry, it does not include <coughs> open carry. By definition, constitutional carry is the basic principle that if we can legally possess a gun, then we can legally carry that gun, concealed or open, without the government giving us a permission slip. Um, without open carry, this bill cannot be considered true constitutional carry. Currently, Florida is one of only three states, which someone else has said, that uh, bans open carry. And those other two states are Illinois and New York. Um, this policy puts our well-intentioned gun owners at risk of becoming criminals just for exercising their Second Amendment <laughs> rights. Florida should make a true constitutional carry should be made a true constitutional carry state with open carry and join the 25 other states that exercise this right to bear arms. I urge you to stand with the Second Amendment and pass true constitutional carry in Florida. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, Commissioner Josh Simmons of Coral Springs, you're recognized up on deck. We're going to have Mr. Bryant Harris. Bryant Harris, you're on deck. Commissioner, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I actually um, didn't plan on speaking here today. I was up here for FAU Day. 
Um, but I saw this on the agenda and felt compelled to speak. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Representative uh, Dan Daly uh, on keeping and protecting our uh, area safe in Northwest Broward County. Um, I am a commissioner in the city of Coral Springs where we truly have everything under the sun and we have a world-class fire department, world-class police department. In fact, our police department was the first ones to actually breach and enter Marty Stoneman Douglas and that unfortunate tragedy that took place almost four or five years ago. And I have made it my duty to make sure that I do nothing or that we take no decisions on that commission to compromise the safety of my family or anyone else's family in our city. And with this bill, it was hard for me for the card because it said to write up right opposition or if you're a proponent for it. Where I, where I am on this issue is I understand what's going to happen with this bill. I understand while amendments may not, may not have been taken in this subcommittee, that there are opportunities to amend it as it goes through the rest of the process. What I am asking for you all and for you to spread this to your colleagues as well, if there are any opportunities to make this bill in any way, shape or form to make it safer for communities, to make it safer for our law enforcement, for our EMS, for our first responders, for all those who have to interact with people in some of their worst critical moments, I am asking that you all take that opportunity. I know this, I understand this is a priority. I'm all for people wanting to protect themselves and defend themselves with their, you know, with a, with a gun if they are legally able to have one. But just let's make sure that those who cannot and should not have these weapons do not have them. So if there's anything that we can do in this process to add this to, to really make sure it covers all of Florida, I, really, I will applaud you on this bill. So thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, ranking member. Thank you, committee members. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Uh, now we have Mr. Brian Harris who recognized on deck. We have Ms. Elinus Reyes. Thank you guys. Uh, I'm also here to support many people who already spoke about open carry. You guys have been lying and misleading we the people about this being constitutional carry. This is not constitutional carry. Nowhere is our rights says that we have to get, uh, give up our rights. Our rights are by God. We should have a real constitutional carry, like everybody has already stated, 47 other states. We're, we're not the free state of Florida like you all claim. Our rights are by God. Stop misrepresenting and lying to the people. It is safe to actually, if you're 18 years old, you should be allowed to carry in a grocery store. There's many women who've been on college campuses who've been raped, and they don't have guns or a weapon to protect themselves. It's ridiculous to say you're for the safety of people, but then we allow abortions. This is ridiculous. Our rights are by God. You should not be cut, taking away our freedoms. And here in Proverbs 6.16 tells us the six things the Lord hates and the seven are that abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that is divisive, wicked, and mad. Imagines the people that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he has sown discord among brethren. Your lives have consequences, misleading the people. There's no more excuses. You have a super majority in this house. You need to pass constitutional carry, real constitutional carry. It's time that we represent the people. 30 seconds left. No problem. And for some of you, where you get your stats from, it seems like you get your stats from China. Because those don't, the stats that you gave were very ridiculous, and thank you for not passing any of the amendments, because that is ridiculous. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Next, we have Ms. Elinus Reyes on deck. We have Mr. James Post. Ms. Reyes, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Thank you. 
Hello all, my name is Elena Reyes, a student at UCF with Martial Arts. In 2016, news surfaced like wildfire about the mass shooting at Pulse nightclub. My mother's best friend had attended Pulse that night. After hours of endless tears, phone calls, and uneasiness, we reunited. A weight lifted off our shoulders as we hugged her. Still, our hearts felt heavy knowing 49 angels did not get to make it home and embrace their loved ones due to hate. While the victims' lives, sorry, while the victims' families, Orlando and the LGBTQ plus community mourned the loss, to others, it just seemed like a regular day in America. Florida must allow victims to rest in peace and their families to heal and reassure the safety of Floridians from gun violence, especially our youth. The constant battle is a disgrace to the innocent lives lost forever. Please vote no or one of us in this room or our, lo our loved ones May fall victim next. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Reyes. Mr. Post, you're recognized to speak on the bill on debt. We have Ms. Ella Bisson. Mr. Post, seeing, uh, do not see Mr. Post. He is a proponent of the bill. Thank you. Ms. Ella Bisson, are you here? Yes. You are recognized to speak on the bill on debt. We have Mr. Chris Smith. Ms. Bisson, you are recognized. Am I saying that right? Yeah, uh, Bisson. My name is Ella Bisson, and I'm a senior in Orange County Public Schools in Orlando. And I'm sick and tired of fearing for my life in the place that I'm supposed to be the safest. This bill continues to make it easier for gun violence to run rampant in our communities. Why do we live in a state where some think that we're, it's okay to have absolutely no required training to own a gun that can take lives while you need 1,200 hours to, of training to cut hair? Currently, people who want to obtain a concealed carry permit in Florida must pass a background check and complete firearm safety training and other eligibility standards. Just between 2021 and 2022, 7,605 Florida residents with, with a disqualified history with violence or risky behavior were denied concealed carry, concealed carry permits. Permitless carry would strip these crucial provisions. Why should those who have, were previously denied allowed to carry a gun without a permit now? If one thinks they are responsible enough to carry a weapon, they should be okay with having to go through the training to save lives. I am now terrified to walk into a grocery store or the mall and fear that anyone around me can have a concealed gun without training. If this law passes, countless tragedies are to come because you ignored our cries and didn't stop this atrocity of a bill. How many accidental firearm injuries? How many school shootings? How many deaths? How many lives have to be lost until you reach the gun? You realize that gun control is needed. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Chris Smith, you are recognized to speak on the bill. See Mr. Smith. Let the record reflect that he is a proponent of the bill. Have next up Benjamin Sandlin. You are recognized to speak on the bill. And on deck, we have Mr. Stephen Porter. Mr. Sandlin, you are recognized, sir. Good afternoon. I appear before the legislature, the legislature today to oppose, to express my opposition to House Bill 543. In 2023, so far, there have been seven mass shootings in the state alone. That's one for every week of the year so far. Year after year, the number of deaths by gun violence in Florida continue to rise with no end in sight. From 2015 to 2020, gun deaths in Florida rose by 18.8%. Even so, the authors of this bill have decided that it was in the best interest of the people of the state to remove restrictions on gun use. Perhaps the legislature thinks we have grown numb to all the violence. 
that we're used to it, that we're now willing to look over it. But I rise today to say that we very much still feel the pain. We feel the pain of seeing empty desks at school the next morning where our friends used to sit. We feel the pain of having one less person at the family gathering. We feel the pain of every person who will never see their friend, coworker, teacher, student, brother, sister, mother, father, cousin, uncle, aunt, niece, nephew, son, or daughter ever again. I find it laughable, as suggested earlier, that gun control is Jim Crow, considering that young black Americans ages 15 to 34 experience the highest rate of gun violence across all demographics. Allowing concealed carry for anyone would put these already disenfranchised groups at further risk of violence. Proponents of this bill say that it will make Florida a more free state, but I submit that a life in constant fear of being injured or killed by a gunman is not a free life. We should be able to walk down the street, go to a grocery store or a school, a bar, a nightclub, a place of worship without the fear of death coming over our heads. This bill does nothing to diminish that threat. This bill does nothing to diminish that threat, but in fact increases it. The advancement of this bill would further prove that members of this body care more about getting an A rating from the NRA than they do about the safety of their constituents. I ask that you vote no on this bill and work to restoring Florida back to being the sunshine state instead of the bloodshed state. Thank you. Mr. Stephen Porter. On deck, we have Ms. Olivia Solomon. Mr. Porter, you are recognized to speak on the bill. If you are on deck, please try to make your way uh, closer to the podium. Um, Mr. Porter, you are recognized. Thank you for the opportunity to speech, uh, uh, speak. I support this bill, but only with the provision for open carry. Uh, Florida can't be like New York and Illinois and still be called a free state. Uh, and for my personal experience, I have carried openly and concealed in states with constitutional carry, both Mississippi and Georgia. I even carried on campus concealed where it was legal. And before I was 21, I open carried because it was the only option. I worked a job that kept me out in rural areas where I could not call for help. So I had to protect myself. There was no other option. Uh, that's not legal in Florida. I think that's wrong. And I've also found that when open carrying, people don't really notice. I mean, people are not going to mass panic. Um, also, I felt safer being able to carry a weapon because I am not a martial arts master. I shouldn't be expected to know a bunch of kung fu to protect myself from the issue or criminals. Uh, and also, I think classes should not be required. The class I took here was a joke, and the guy teaching it gave us blatantly wrong info. And it was kind of sad, honestly. So, Florida is supposedly free, but having to ask permission to exercise a fundamental right is an insult. Uh, freedom is scary. If you lack the courage, you probably shouldn't live in a free state. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Olivia Solomon, you are recognized. On deck, we have Mr. Gary Majors. Mr. Majors, if you could start making your way to the podium. Solomon, you are recognized. Olivia Solomon, Mark for Our Lives UCF. Today I'm here with a group of fellow college students who woke up early and are missing classes and drove four hours from Orlando for here to here for one reason because we are tired of watching our peers die. We are tired of watching people be murdered. We don't want to die and I don't want to die. I have grown up in an epidemic of gun violence. I was 10 years old when my parents got me my first phone after the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. They wanted a way to contact me if this were to ever happen in my South Florida school. That was the first time I realized I was no longer safe to live. At 16, I spent Valentine's Day frantically texting my best friends while they hid from a gunman at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. 
I've been at gun safety at a concert, the supermarket, without being afraid of being shot, and I shouldn't have to hold a gun in order to feel safe. Gun control does not restrict freedom. It gives us the freedom to live our lives and feel safe during that. This bill will kill more Floridians. It is statistically proven. It will kill us and our blood will be on your hands. This is an open season on the innocent and I am begging you to turn your thoughts and prayers into actions and vote no. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Gary Majors, you are recognized on deck. We have Moses Klepper. If there's a Moses Klepper, please make your way to the podium. Mr. Majors, you're recognized. Ladies and gentlemen, Chairman, I come before you today to get my support with the House Bill 543, the legalization of carry concealed license. Many years ago, Florida led the nation allowing its citizens to carry concealed weapons. The prediction of the blood in the streets and the old west shootouts did not happen. What Florida did get was allowing our people to defend themselves and the world getting more violent by the day. As the years passed and more states followed our lead, Florida led the rest of the company and what became a nationwide twin. Trend. Sadly, we have excuse me, fallen behind. As the rest of the nation allows its population to go throughout their daily lives with the ability to defend themselves without the burdensome process of obtaining special per permits, we still restrict that right. It's time we trust the people of our state to arm themselves without having to deal with procedures that cost time and money. Uh, criminals do not care what the laws are. They just do what they want. Law-abiding citizens do care, and they're the ones burdened by the current laws. Our law-abiding citizens will be the beneficiaries of this change. This change will also cut crime. Criminals will hesitate before attacking someone who might be armed. I know as I get older, I am less able to defend myself or even run from a violent situation. There are literally millions of others in this state in the very same situation. The last thing I want to do is get into any right sort of violent confrontation, but being armed will at least give me and others like me in the same situation a reasonable chance. By keeping people to disarm and making it difficult to arm themselves, you are simply throwing odds in the favor of the thugs who are not burdened with obeying the law. Hey, gentlemen, I thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. Moses Klepper is up next on deck, Mr. David Weatherington. Mr. Weatherington, if you could start making your way to the podium, that would be appreciated. Mr. Klepper, you are recognized. Yes, sir, thank you. HB 543, I oppose as written. It doesn't go far enough to remove infringements on our constitutional rights, Second Amendment. Uh, it's an appeasement bill the way I see it, an attempt to make up for Wilton Simpson, Chris Browse, and Chuck Brandon blocking that perfect HB 103 last session. Also, attempting to redefine the constitutional carry uh, so governor, the governor will be able to fulfill his pledge to sign a Second Amendment bill before he leaves office. For example, uh, there's several things I oppose and I believe needs to happen uh, to, to reinstate our constitutional rights. Uh, one of the pet peeves of mine is a 20-year-old could use a firearm in wars over oil in an international fire, but he can't use one to protect his own family. Uh, if, if this bill goes through, if I choose not to uh, reinstate my constitutional carry permit uh, or my concealed carry permit, excuse me. Uh, I'll have to provide ID to a law enforcement officer if requested to do so, which is also unconstitutional. Uh, Representative Joseph's bills were rightly voted down, fortunately, uh, or amendments uh, due to the lack of evidence to support most of the. 30 seconds remaining. Uh, it is right 
to carry. It's not a privilege. Uh, I hate when I hear, I cringe when I hear Free Florida, as long as uh, law-abiding citizens can commit a crime by exercising his or her Second Amendment rights. We need to repeal all un unconstitutional gun laws, especially FS 790.01 and FS 790.053. And it's almost always a good guy with a gun. You're at time, sir. That stops a bad guy with a gun. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. David Weatherington, you are recognized on deck. We have Ms. Catherine Donovan. Mr. Weatherington, mm -hmm. you are recognized to speak on the bill. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a 20 year old, 21 year old college student from Florida State, and I'm skipping my class to be here because this issue is very important. This bill, while a step in the right direction, is not constitutional carry. We need open carry, we need campus carry, we need the restoration of the rights of adults under the age of 21 stripped away by Rick Scott. I'm sick of being lied to and misled by the so-called Republicans who are bringing up these things and then giving us watered-down bills trying to hinder our rights. The state legislature needs to do more to protect our rights and to give us true constitutional carry like half the other the rest of the country has. And uh, to the gentleman, Representative Edmonds, who brought up the Second Amendment earlier, I want to remind you that ECV Heller, the Supreme Court ruled that the Second Amendment provides. Let's keep our remarks to the substance of the bill, please. Okay. All right. It's a constitutional right. Yeah. And we need constitutional carry. This isn't it. Please amend the bill. Thank you. I'll wait for the rest of my time. Sir. Hey, Ms. Catherine Donovan, you're recognized. On deck, we have Derek Moyen. Ms. Donovan, you are recognized. Okay. My name is Catherine Donovan. I'm a lifelong Republican. Foreign voter, a responsible gun owner, a middle school administrator, and an ambassador for Florida chapter of Gifford Gun Owners for Safety. Thank you so much. I drove over six hours today to voice my amendment opposition and that of 1,200 members of Florida Gun Owners for Safety in opposition of HB 543. Responsible gun owners are fed up with pro Second Amendment extremists. We keep saying that all gun owners are against any kind of gun violence prevention legislation. I'm here today because we're taking our voices back. We'd all be safer and feel safer if those gun-carrying concealed firearms demonstrate both that we can pass an enhanced background check and that we safely know how to handle the gun. Under HP 543, anyone who acquired a gun from a private seller who likely avoided the basic federal background check, or a criminal who stole an unsecured gun, hundreds of thousands of guns have been stolen each year, would be able to carry concealed in public. Quite simply, HB 543 is a reckless bill. We cannot deny that Florida is admitted gun violence crisis in 2021, the most recent year for the gun violence data. 3,142 people were killed by guns across our state. That's one death every three hours. These are human lives. These are not just numbers. With 543, concealed permit carry will be allowed on the streets and in crowded places. 30 seconds remaining. But not in this very room of legislative meeting. Speaker Renner said, and I quote, I think we can assume that our citizens are going to do the right thing when it comes to carrying and bearing arms. Well, I hope all of you realize 
that it is not only legislators, legislators sorry, who deserve to feel safe when they go to work, not only legislators hearing where tensions are rising. Um, You're at time, ma'am. time. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Derek Moyen, you are recognized on deck. We have Gay Valamont. Mr. Moyen? Gay. The record reflects he's a proponent of the bill. Ms. Valamont, if you're present, you're recognized to speak on the bill. She is present. On deck, we have Mr. William Bernard. You are recognized. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Gay Alamont, and I am a living district, House District 2. Um, as a mom's main action volunteer, I know time and time again we see the deadly consequences in states that have removed or weakened permitless um, requirements for concealed care, despite opposition from most law enforcement. By demolishing our permitting laws, other states have shown that Florida can face an increase in violent crime, in gun thefts, in officer-involved shootings. Permitless carry legislation like 543 is dangerous, it's reckless, and it's extreme. It is it's a clear example of politicians putting their political ambitions ahead of Floridians. During the press conference to announce the bill, which happened only hours before Levin was shot in Lakeland, there were a couple things that stuck out to me that I wanted to set the record straight on today. First, the sheriffs stated that criminals will carry guns anyway. Representatives, I ask you, why would you make it easier for criminals to carry in public around our children? How is law enforcement going to be able to distinguish between a criminal and a law-abiding <coughs> citizen? When one of the sheriffs was asked that, he said, that's easy. It's the one that commits the crime. It was gitchy, it was funny, and it's offensive. All Floridians should be alarmed that our state's sheriff's association would rather react to gun violence instead of prevent it. Second, Speaker Renner introduced the bill as if it were a current requirement that the current requirements. Pardon? That was two minutes. Okay. Thank you, Mr. William Bernard. You're recognized on deck. We have Mr. Andrew Simmons. Mr. Bernard, you're in the audience. You're recognized to speak on the bill. Let the record reflect. He's a proponent of the bill. Andrew Simmons, you are recognized to speak on the bill for the audience. Andrew Simmons, the record reflects he's a proponent of the bill. And next, we have Mr. Robert Boris. Andrew, sir. I'd like to thank the committee members for their time. My name is Dr. Andrew Simmons. I'm a father and business owner of several businesses in the area. I applaud the committee for bringing HB 543 to vote, but this bill is lacking. The biggest issue I'd like to see corrected with this bill is an amendment to allow for open carry. Currently, Florida is only one of three states in the country that do not allow, uh, does not allow open carry. The others are Illinois and New York, which are both uh, Democratic majority states. If you're not aware, 
Florida's ban on open carry started in 1987 by a Democrat named Janet Reno. If you don't remember who Janet Reno was, she was one of Florida's most anti-gun politicians in our state history. I asked why would our fellow Republican lawmakers support a gun control push by one of the state's worst anti-gun Democrat politicians in our history. I hope you guys have a good answer because I can't think of one. Governor DeSantis is pro-freedom, so please show the citizens of Florida that the legislature is also pro-freedom. Governor DeSantis pledged that he would sign a constitutional carry bill, not a permitless concealed carry on the bill. Continuing to limit our freedom of choice is precedent and as lawmakers you should not set. Our constitutional is clear, the Constitution is clear on this matter. Our rights shall not be infringed. Floridians must have the right to choose whether they choose to carry concealed or open. Please have the courage to amend HB 543 and add open carry to this bill. Thank you. God bless America. Thank you, sir. Mr. Robert Boris, you are recognized to speak on the bill. On deck, we have Alexis Dorman. Mr. Boris, you're recognized. Thank you. Um, I'm a conservative, and I oppose this bill because this is not what we were promised for four years now. We were promised constitutional carry, and we have a watered-down, permitless carry bill that falls short. And honestly, it feels like it's the least amount of effort that you can put forth for the Republicans to keep the gun vote. <laughs> it, this is the year where the gun owners are, we're, we're not playing the games anymore. We are, we're holding the Republicans accountable. We were promised constitutional carry, not this bill that it, there's so many states where I don't have to worry about how I carry my weapon. With my attire today, how would I carry a weapon? I have carry a jacket. I don't wear jackets. So it, I'm disappointed in the Republicans this year. And I won't vote for another Republican if open carry is not included in this bill. Plain and simple. Thank you. Thank you. Alexis Dorman, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Up next, we have Craig Fitzgerald. Dorman, you're recognized. Hi, everyone. My name is Alexis Dorman. I'm a sophomore at Florida State University and originally from Orlando, Florida. Before I start, I want to say that I am a proud Floridian and American with aspirations to attend law school and eventually serve as a judge advocate general for the United States Air Force. On July 20th, 2012, I was eight years old and this was the first night I remember personally watching a mass shooting play out on the news. A mass shooting that killed 12 people at a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. The youngest victim was six years old. Veronica Moser Sullivan was younger than I was at the time. And from that night forward, I would spend my time at the movie theaters hyper aware and anxious about the possibility of a shooting. After nine years of trying to overcome this fear, I decided that the stress wasn't worth it and have not been to a movie theater since 2020. Just like I saw on the night of July 20th, 2012, kids today are watching victims the same ages as them die of gun violence at restaurants, schools, concert venues, parks, shopping malls, neighborhood <laughs> gatherings, sporting complexes, and worst of all, inside their own homes. Allowing for concealed carry of weapons and firearms without a license will only exacerbate the already
letting pressing issues that have impacted an entire generation of youth. Nearly 70% of registered voters in Florida oppose permitless carry. So I ask that you all take into account the Floridians of all ages that will be negatively affected by this bill and think about them when casting your votes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, up next we have Mr. Craig Fitzgerald. On deck we have uh, Isabel Sam. I want to announce here to the folks in the audience we have about 62 people who wish to speak remaining. At this point, we're going to drop down to one minute and 30 seconds per speaker. Uh, so if you could make your way to the podium, Mr. Craig Fitzgerald, you are recognized. Do not see Mr. Fitzgerald. Let the record reflect he is a proponent of the bill. Uh, do we have an Isabel Sam in the audience who wishes to speak on the bill? Okay, she is here. Up next, we have uh, Scott Taylor. Scott Taylor, please make your way to the podium. After Mr. Taylor, we will have Angela Carrero Ibaceta. Sam, you are recognized. I grew up and uh, started college a week after graduating from school, and it was during my undergrad when I had my creepiest encounters with men who meant to do me harm. I'm a bit of a realist and know that there will always be bad in this world, and since I am here talking to you today, I obviously found a way to defend myself and get away. However, what hurt more than those creeps were the anti-rights activists and their dangerous dystopian ideas that led to my victim disarmament. The fact that I had my right to self-defense stripped of me, that I could not own a basic household firearm to defend myself quicker and faster against those creeps just because I wasn't 21 yet, was worse than the creeps themselves. During session this year, you have a chance to amend this bill that does nothing to restore our rights to self-defense. As this bill is written, it feels like a lie to Floridians. It feels like lipstick on a pig that still restricts and oppresses our civil rights that we deserve just for being born. There is an old saying that if guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. But the truth is, if the anti-self-defense movement continues in Florida, it will be mostly outlaws and government agents owning the guns. We have 170 million souls lost to democide in the past century, proving that government ownership and dictatorship of who can and cannot own guns is far more dangerous to us all. Please restore all of our rights. Thank you. Scott Taylor. So you know Scott Taylor in the audience is a proponent of the bill. Ms. Angela Carrero de Becerra, you are recognized. Up next, we have Mr. Michael Driscoll. We have a Michael Driscoll. Please make your way to the podium. You are recognized. My name is Sanjana. I'm a Florida International University student. I'm a national board member of the Students and Management. I'm here to speak on a petition with this bill, which represents a failure to the state of the Americans. It will allow people to carry concealed loaded guns, handguns, in public without background checks or training, and will dismantle the culture of responsible gun ownership that parents help promote. Under the current permitted law, a person is required to pass a criminal background check to put a Without this requirement, it will be easier for someone who cannot pass from a background check to carry a concealed weapon, thereby reduce all of us. The state that have weakened their firearm permitting system have experienced an 11% increase in the handgun homicides rates and a 15% increase in violent crime rates. States have permitted law, enforce, law enforcement legislation to easier carry permits, so 11% lower homicide rates compared to state that they not have the discretion. I work, I work with people that are survivors of sexual violence and human trafficking. The correlation between violence against women and gun violence is terrifying. Every month, 70 women are shot and killed by their intimate partners. I have the opportunity to work up 
close and personal with Rebecca Sankam on sexual violence. I can assure you that terrified of the perpetrators having easier guns, uh, easier access to guns if this bill becomes law. I, we stand with those who have the and the public and urge you to vote against this bill. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Driscoll, Michael Driscoll. Driscoll is a proponent of the bill. Logan Rubenstein, you are here, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Rubenstein is an opponent of the bill. Chris McNeil, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Chris McNeil, see no Chris McNeil? Excuse me, Chris McNeil. Okay, on deck next we have Catherine Henry. Then we have Cheryl Roberts. Mr. McNeil, you're recognized. Hello. I'm 61 years old and I'm disabled. I have rheumatoid arthritis. It affects all my joints, especially my knees. I cannot run. If I try to run, I'll fall down. And I don't, even though I'm of stature, I don't feel like I can fight someone. When I go to a gas station, it's obvious that I want to pump and gas that this man can't move right. So therefore, they can look at me as being a victim, an easy victim, even though I'm large, because I can't run, I can't fight. This bill is not a constitutional carry bill. What it is, is permanent less Concealment. 30 seconds remaining. Yes. Um, I think I'm being lied to and the people being lied to when you call this a constitutional carry bill. Every single one of you and me and most people here have taken an oath to defend the Constitution. And that's all I'm asking you to do is defend the Constitution. You swore an oath. Why are you ignoring that? You are at time, sir. The right of the people. Sir, you're at time. I'm sorry? You're at time. It's time. I'm out of time? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Catherine Henry. <coughs> Catherine, you're recognized. On deck, we have Cheryl Roberts. After Ms. Roberts, we have Andres Cubillos. Henry, you're recognized. Good afternoon. I'm a constitutional attorney, model four, and Florida resident. Constitutional provisions, U.S. and state, that clearly support and more fully articulate everything I'll say can now be found online at restorefreedomkh.com slash HB543. We get our rights from God, not the government. As acknowledged in the U.S. Constitution Preamble and Ninth Amendment, and the Florida Constitution Preamble, Article 1, Section 1, and Article 1, Section 2, this means we don't have constitutional rights. We have constitutionally protected, God-given rights. This includes the right to bear arms, which shall not be infringed, as guaranteed by the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the same Constitution that is the supreme law of the land under Article 6. Think the infringements found under current state law and even House Bill 543 are justified on the basis of public health, safety, or welfare? Then we need to reread the actual language of the U.S. and state constitutions because the, that, those justifications Very simply exactly. aren't there. But what is there, right in Article 6, is your oath as a state legislator to defend the U.S. Constitution. This oath is your first and foremost duty. 
It's not about doing what, what's right. It's about doing, it's not about doing what's easy. It's about doing what's right. It's not about doing what's politically, politically popular and following the constitution is not political in nature. It's not playing it safe just because you're afraid to make political waves, but having the courage to stand up and defend the freedoms countless men and women have died to protect. Thank you, you're at time. Thank you. Cheryl Roberts. Roberts, you're recognized on deck. Andres Cuillos. Thank you. Thank you, committee members, for the time that you've taken for this bill. I am a proponent of it if it is rewritten and added open carry. No one can tell me that if a school has multiple uh, staff members who have a weapon on them, that a gunman is going to risk going in there and do a mass shooting. In church, there was a church, um, I believe it was in Texas, where a gunman came in, and had it not been for a parishioner that had his gun, that gunman would have taken more lives. Even with the club in Orlando, if more people had an open carry weapon, someone is going to think twice about going in there. The reason our crime has increased is because we've got a revolving door for convicts. People that are arrested are turned right out and back on the street in no time. Criminals are always going to get a gun, but we have a right to protect ourselves, and open carry is a step in that direction. There is no way that you can tell me that you wouldn't feel safer when your child goes to school and there are multiple people in there who have a weapon. You can't have one resource officer cover an entire school. You can't have one deputy with that resource officer to cover an entire school. Same with the university. Same with the church. It doesn't matter where. You can't have enough people. And defunding police has really hurt us. It's great that we've got law enforcement moved to Florida because of the states that are defunding them. Okay, time. Thank you. Thank you. Next up on deck, we have Andre Pabillos. And uh, next up is uh, Jamie Ito. Thank you very much. My name is Andres Cubillos. I'm a third year political science and international affairs major at the great University of Florida State. And I am here speaking in opposition of this bill. My time as a young person in this state has been marred by gun violence. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, Pulse, and in just this past month, seven incidences of mass shootings have occurred in this state. The interest that is behind this bill is short-sighted and its introduction demonstrates the complete lack of very necessary public input that a bill of this nature requires. 70% of Floridians oppose permitless carry. This is not an issue of partisanship, this is an issue of public safety. States that have weakened their firearm permitting systems have seen an 11% increase in handgun homicide rates. Under this bill, anyone that we would interact with on a day-to-day -day basis could be armed with no processes to demonstrate that they can be trusted with that weapon. HB 543 turns guns into commodities rather than tools for rare instances of protection. The gun industry seeks to continue to commodify weapons in order to increase their profits at the expense of the blood of Floridians. 30 seconds. I urge the members of this body to look past partisan agendas and see this bill for what it truly is, a danger to the futures of all Floridians. A vote in favor of this bill is a vote in support of turning Florida's parking lots into battlegrounds, its shopping malls into catastrophes, and our schools into further sites of tragedy. None of us deserve that future. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is... Uh... Jamie Ito, and the next would be Mark Williamson. Jamie? Thank you. Before we vote on this
this bill, ask yourself what problem are you solving and how does this bill improve the lives of your constituents? Between July of 2021 and June of 2022, there were 281,681 new applicants for concealed weapons permits and 32,618 were denied. That's 11.5% of the people who wanted the government's approval to carry concealed weapons in their communities were flagged and denied because they did not meet the very minimal requirements that they not be felons, domestic abusers, or habitual drug addicts. Ask yourself if you want to make it easier for those people who we can all agree shouldn't to carry firearms at their pleasure and tie the hands of law enforcement. And their hands will be tied. In fact, a 2022 study showed that right to carry laws are associated with a 13% decline in the rates that police clear violent crimes. Understandably, the Orange, the Orange County Sheriff fears that shootings and gun deaths will increase. The police chief of St. Petersburg fears that the public and particularly law enforcement will be at more risk of violent crimes. The data is clear. Research shows that states that have weakened their permitting systems have experienced increased rates of gun violence. Shall issue states have seen an overall increase in homicide rates of 10.8% compared to may issue states. And the rate of fatal shootings by police That's in those states. That's fine on average, increased by 12.9%. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, members and members of the public, at this time, uh, we have Mr. Mark Williamson is recognized to speak. We're gonna drop down to one minute per speaker starting now. Mr. Williamson, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Do not see Mr. Williamson in the audience. Let the record reflect he's a proponent of the bill. Up next, we have Ella Garcia. You are recognized to speak on the bill. Do not see Ms. Garcia. Let the record reflect she is an opponent of the bill. We have Mr. Thomas Sumro. You are recognized to speak on the bill. Proponent of the bill, Daniel Schultz, who recognizes to speak on the bill. After Mr. Schultz, we have Jeff Reynolds, and after Mr. Reynolds, we have Alyssa Barr. You're recognized. My name is Daniel Schultz. I'm a political science student at Florida State, the great Florida State University. Um, I rise today in opposition to this bill, um, as it would allow people to obtain and carry a firearm without a background check, as it would allow someone to carry a firearm in public when we are seeing record numbers of, of, of gun violence across our country, especially here in Florida. I would like to specifically say thank you to, to Representative Joseph for attempting to put some common sense into this bill, something that I can assure you the majority of Floridians and Americans in general support. This bill is not supported massively by the public because it doesn't perpetrate um, common sense gun laws. That's what we need. We need background checks. We need basic checks to make sure that criminals, drug abusers, domestic abusers, people of that type do not get their hands Thank on a you, firearm. And this bill would allow that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jeff Reynolds. You are recognized to speak on the bill. Up next, we have Alyssa Akbar and then James Mears. Mr. Reynolds, you're recognized. Thank you to the members of the committee for uh, having this hearing today. I appreciate you being here. We're in the lightning round, one minute. So uh, I'm gonna go quick. I wanna give a quick history lesson about why the Second Amendment exists, because the first thing the British did when the, uh, the colonists wanted to protect their rights is the British tried to take away our guns. 
now. We had a uh, commissioner of the Agriculture Commission here in the state of Florida just within the last two years bragging on social media about also Keep it to the bill. Let's keep it to the bill. Yeah, 30 seconds remaining. This, this, is, this is about the bill because she was bragging about the uh, removal of gun rights for ordinary citizens for simply being in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. So uh, without any charges, without any criminal uh, involvement whatsoever, the government is the reason the Second Amendment exists, not any other reason. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Alyssa Akbar. You're recognized on deck. We have James Mears, and after that, we have Dee Basso. Zach, why are you recognized? I'm representing March for Our Lives in Kimenov. Um, so March for Our Lives was started after a tragic incidents of gun violence that happened almost five years ago. After that, with all eyes on y'all, legislators promised action and change. Since then, y'all have failed, and gun violence has continued to run rampant in our state. This bill will put our communities in harm's way and increase the risk of gun violence. A 2022 analysis by the Center for American Progress found that states with permitless carry laws saw a 22% increase of gun violence um, in their states uh, following three years of the law's passage. The licensing process that this bill is trying to take away is a vital part of making sure that guns are kept out of the hands of folks that would misuse them. This year alone, we've seen 50 mass shootings, and that continues to show that violence continues to escalate in our nation. Instead of moving to protect the people of the state, legislators are emboldening this type of violence under the guise of safety. This bill is branded as a safety measure, but let's call it what it really is. Not constitutional carry, not permitless carry, but deadly carry. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. James Mears. You're recognized after that. We have Dee Basso and then Nancy Park. Folks, if you're on deck, please get as close to the podium as you can. Um, you are recognized, sir. Wish I'd had enough time that some of these amendments got. I'm a father of two, 62-year-old grandfather of three Texans and three North Carolinians. In just a few short years, they're going to experience something that I don't have, and that's the ability to open carry, protect their rights, provided, of course, that they don't have their rights legislated away. As a firearms instructor of 40 years, I've taught firearms to hundreds of folks from six years of age to 90 years of age. And not one of these has walked into a school or anywhere else and shot anyone. Restricting citizens from constitutional carry will not protect innocent people. Criminals don't do background checks, and they, nor do they seek a license to carry. To think otherwise is just silly. If it was about children's safety, then this bill would also arm teachers. Our founding fathers went to great lengths to ensure that we were a republic and not a democracy. In fact, the word democracy does not even sir, appear. That is time. That is one minute. I'm out of time? Yes, sir. Wish I had more time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good job. Dee Basso, you are recognized to speak on the bill. After that, we have Miss Nancy Carr, followed by Richard Rosser. Um, good afternoon. My name is Dee Basso. I am here today to speak in favor of House Bill 543. I have been a concealed carry permit holder in Illinois, Utah, and Florida since 2012. I was born and raised in Chicago. <clears throat> I moved my family to Florida in 2017. We moved here to flee the strong, strict, and reason, unreasonable liberal stronghold of Illinois and to the much more free state of Florida. Surprisingly, we found out that Florida is a state that prohibits open carry of firearms, the same as Illinois, where we fled from. In 2019, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> I have been losing my ability to walk, which is a disadvantage and weakness to anyone who sees my disability. 
In the eyes of a criminal or predator, I look like an easy target or victim. To level the playing field, I carry a concealed firearm to protect myself. Because of my disability, it's difficult for me to travel appointments to even apply for a concealed carry permit. Now, if I were allowed to open carry, I would not appear as a potential victim to anyone. So I'm here today on behalf of myself, other disabled people. Thank you, ma'am. I respect the request to vote yes and add open carry to the bill. Thank you. Ms. Nancy Carr, you are recognized on deck. We have Richard Rosser and then Rosie Ewan. You are Thank recognized, ma'am. Thank you very much. This is not a Democrat or a Republican issue. This is a humanity and life issue. I'm tired of hearing about freedom. It's a shame that people who want the freedom to have no control and gun aren't afraid to have, are too afraid to give freedom to everybody on everything, especially to be who you are. For every one criminal killed, 35 innocent victims are killed. When this bill was first done with the Constitution, we had muskets. And muskets had eight rounds every three seconds. Our guns do a whole lot worse. It, is said to, it was said today that there's so much lack of civility. So for that, we add more guns. That's like the wild, wild west. Without training, it would be deadlier. Without having to pay for permits, it will be deadlier. Law enforcement hits their target 35% of the time with 170 shots. How do you know a good guy from a bad guy? You don't, because a bad Thank guy- Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, you're at time. Thank you very much. Mr. Richard Rosser, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Up next, we have Rosie Kewen. Seeing no Mr. Richard Rosser, let the record reflect he's a proponent of the bill. Do we have a Rosie Kewen who wants to speak on the bill? Uh, waves in opposition. Waves in opposition. Thank you. Ms. Jennifer Friend. Ms. Jennifer Friend, are you here to speak on the bill? She is a proponent of the bill. Ms. Fiona Shannon. We have Ms. Fiona Shannon here to speak on the bill. Wave in opposition. Thank you, ma'am. Brian Devlin, Mr. Devlin to speak on the bill. He is a proponent of the bill. Mr. Kenneth Morrow, Mr. Kenneth Morrow. Okay, after Mr. Kenneth Morrow, we have Peter Armstrong followed by Sergio Cartagena. Mr. Morrow, you are recognized to speak on the bill. Good afternoon, thank you for this opportunity. The Republican Liberty Congress of Florida is requesting this committee to consider some recent Supreme Court rulings we request that you amend HB 543 to reflect passage of real constitutional carry for the state of Florida. The decision by the Supreme Court, Justice Thomas, concluded that the Bruin decision was based on text, history, and tradition for this decision. Taking that into consideration, the state of Vermont may have actually made the groundwork for text, history, and tradition when it was the first state in the nation in the United States to grant constitutional carry in 1793. Constitutional carry, sometimes called Vermont carry, permitless carry, or unrestricted carry, is the ability to carry a firearm openly or concealed without a permit or any other government replied, implied restriction. In constitutional carry states, residents can legally carry a firearm without a license or training. Thank you, sir. We're at time. That's Thank one minute. Thank you very much. Mr. Peter Armstrong, you're recognized to speak on the bill. He's a proponent of the bill. Sergio Cartagena, you're recognized to speak on the bill, followed by Mr. William Clark. You're recognized, sir. Good afternoon, and thank you, members. My name is Sergio Cartagena, and I rise in opposition to this bill. The relevance of this bill was simply summed up clearly with the bill sponsor's argument earlier today, saying that there's no disadvantage of having training or permits. 
even with the presence of guns, grand strategies like Uvalde and Stoneman Douglas still occurred. But since there's clearly no disadvantage, what are we doing here? And of course, in the minute that I have today, it's quickly enough time for somebody to do grand tragedies before anybody can pull out their permitless carry and defend them. I implore, I implore each of you to vote down on this bill and protect the lives of Floridians. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mr. William Parker, recognized all by Ms. Linda Coffin. Mr. Clark, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'm here representing tens of thousands of uh, libertarians in Florida. And we support constitutional care in the way it's supposed to be. With no amendments, two things to think of. At 18, you can be issued a weapon by your government. You can die with that weapon in your hand fighting for your government. Also, our students shouldn't be soft targets. Mass shooters prefer the softest targets for the most amount of people in the smallest amount of space, where they can do maximum damage. So amend the bill, please. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mr. James Weaver, you're recognized to speak on the bill. James Weaver, the court reflect as a proponent of the bill. Ms. Linda Coffin. Wave in opposition. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Brandon Norris, recognized to speak on the bill. Mr. Brandon Norris. Mr. Norris is a proponent of the bill. Maya Anderson. It's Maya Anderson. Followed by Jack Adams. Right now we're going to recognize Ms. Maya Anderson to speak on the bill. You are recognizing him. My name is Maya. I'm a junior at Florida State. I'm originally from Orlando. I'm here because gun violence is a local issue regardless of where you live in this state. From Parkland to my home of Orlando to right here at FSU, you'll find someone who's had their entire lives disrupted by gun violence or someone living in fear that they might be next. At my university just a few years ago, someone with a gun entered our library and shot three students who were just trying to study. Every time I sit in that library, the question that echoes my head is what if I'm next? This bill would not allow those fears to subside. This bill does nothing to increase our safety. To echo what others have already said, nobody should have to fear going to the school, to the grocery store, or to, move to movies. This bill does not reflect the wishes of your constituents. In fact, a Giffords poll found 61% of Floridians oppose permitless carry. Floridians deserve better than this. It's time to put the interests and lives of Floridians over that of the NRA money and the requests of the governor. Don't let this bill pass this committee. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Jack Adams. Jack Adams, we're recognized to speak on the bill. Mr. Adams is a proponent of the bill. Mr. Russell Meyer, Mr. Russell Meyer, we're recognized to speak on the bill. And Mr. Meyer is going to be followed by Carolyn Taylor and then Phillipson Laurette. Mr. Meyer, we're recognized to speak on the bill. I'm Reverend Dr. Russell Meyer, Executive Director of the Florida Council of Churches and a pastor in Jacksonville. A well regulated those three words are well regulated. The regulation is the state legislature. You have a responsibility to protect us all. We've heard from law enforcement that the training now required is insufficient. So why aren't we increasing the requirements for sufficient training? I grew up hunting. I grew up learning how to use a shotgun, but I had to take over a week's worth of training as a young boy in Nebraska before I could handle my own shotgun and go hunting with my father. We need stronger protections and fewer guns, not fewer protections and more guns. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. Ms. Carolyn Taylor. Ms. Taylor is a proponent of the bill. Phillipson Lorette. 
bill. Mr. Gerald Carroll. Mr. Carroll. Mr. Carroll is going to be followed by Brian Harris. Then it's going to be followed by Luis Valdez. Mr. Carroll, you're recognized to speak on the bill. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Jed Carroll. I'm the Florida Deputy Director for Gun Owners of America. I'm a native Floridian of nearly 54 years. I was raised here in Tallahassee and moved to Havana when I was married in the 90s. I'm an avid outdoorsman, which is what got me into love of all things in the love of all things Second Amendment. I support House Bill 543, but I feel it does not go nearly far enough in restoring Floridians' Second Amendment rights that were ripped from them by Janet Reno the year I graduated in 1987. As an adult, I've always had to get a government permission slip to exercise my Second Amendment rights. I have never been able to enjoy true freedom with one big exception. As I said earlier, I live in Havana, Florida, which many of you know is just to the north of Tallahassee, right on the Georgia border. In 2022, Georgia passed constitutional carry, which includes the ability to open carry. When my family and I go out to shop, dine, or otherwise live life. Thank you, sir. One minute. Thank you. Mr. Brian Parrish, you're recognized to speak on the bill, followed by Louis Valdez. Mr. Parrish, you're recognized. I already spoke earlier. I don't know how my name got called again, but I'm for constitutional carry, open carry, and Thank all that. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Valdez, to be followed by Ms. Angela Flicks. Mr. Valdez, you're recognized. As a 15-year veteran law enforcement officer and the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America, very simple, 47 states have open carry, two U.S. territories have open carry. The state of Hawaii, a Democrat supermajority state, has open carry, yet Florida does not. <laughs> Last I checked, the Second Amendment states clearly the people have the right to keep and bear arms. It doesn't say the people have the right to keep and bear arms concealed only. I support this bill as it is, but I believe it should be amended and open carry be added to it, no more, no less. This bill is not constitutional carry. This bill is concealed carry only, and Governor DeSantis pledged to, to sign constitutional carry into law. With a Republican supermajority here, I believe better could be done. Thank you, sir. Ms. Angela Clicks. Angela Clicks. She is an opponent of the bill. Ms. Emily Fishman. Ms. Emily Fishman, you are recognized to speak on the bill. She is a proponent of the bill. Nancy Lawther. Dr. Nancy Lawther. After Dr. Lawther, we're going to have Esther Bird. Ms. Esther Bird will be recognized, followed by Ren Alhali. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I rise in opposition to this bill on behalf of Florida PTA. Five years ago, nearly, I testified in this very room on behalf of a PCB that was being proposed at that point. On the dais are many names that are familiar to all of us. Among those who are uh, present in public testimony were several who have now joined the ranks of the legislature. This was, of course, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Act, and we are concerned in PTA that public safety is being forgotten. In the heat of the moment, we must remember individual rights are not unlimited. That includes the Second Amendment, as the late Justice Scalia 
indicated. Current limitations are accepted and approved by a majority of Floridians. One minute. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ms. Esther Bird. Mrs. Bird is a proponent of the bill. Next, we have Rin Alahali, Quality Florida, to speak on the bill. Followed by, followed by Michelle Whaley. You are recognized to speak on the bill. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chair and Committee members. My name is Rin, and I am on, testifying on behalf of Equality Florida, the state's LGBTQ civil rights organization. Equality Florida opposes HB 543. Itaca Pulse nightclub in Orlando was a heartbreaking reminder of the way in which gun violence disproportionately impacts the LGBTQ community. And LGBTQ Floridians know all too well that easy access to deadly weapons can take discrimination and bigotry and make it lethal. Gun violence is not abstract or hypothetical. It is stealing the lives of loved ones that still deserve to be here. Instead of spending time stripping away the common sense safety precautions that the permitting process requires, this legislature could be focusing on keeping Floridians safe, like strengthening the current permitting system, championing safe storage laws, or preventing civilians from accessing assault weapons. If passed, this bill will cost lives. As the home state to the devastating shootings at Pulse and Parkland, we urge you to vote no and do better. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle Whaley, followed by Ms. Mamie Key. Ms. Whaley, you are recognized. Ms. Whaley is a proponent of the bill. Ms. Key, Ms. Key is an opponent of the bill. We're going to recognize Nicholas Lajera. Nicholas is here, followed by Alexis Dorman. Then followed by Cecile this looks like a schoon. <clears throat> Lahara, you are recognized. My name is Nicholas Lahara, and I represent Big Daddy Unlimited, and Big Daddy Guns is the head of public relations. As one of the largest firearms retailers in the state of Florida, I want to speak to the committee to express our support for HB 543. I'd first like to thank Representative Brandon for sponsoring the bill. Our team has worked for this for years, and I'm glad to see it come to fruition. I'm glad to see that the Florida legislature is taking action. Our organization is a staunch advocate for constitutional carry because it represents the true meaning of our founding fathers. There have been too many cases where innocent people became victims because a bureaucracy prevented them from being able to protect themselves, and criminals ignore laws. I'm glad to see our state finally allowing Floridians and hundreds of millions of visitors to express their constitutional rights. However, we want to see the bill go further. 47 states allow for open carry. Florida is among three states, Illinois and New York included, that do not allow it. You're at time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're going to move to uh, Ms. Cecile, like Cecile Spoon, uh, Legal Women Voters, followed by Don Allard. You are recognized, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Cecile Schoon. I'm the president of the League of Women Voters of Florida. We're a nonpartisan voting rights and civic um, engagement group. Um, we wanted to uh, note that, as was stated earlier, Justice Scalia himself said that the Second Amendment is not just absolute. There are limits for uh, special and sensitive places. And that was reiterated in the Broom case, the New York pistol Broom case. And our concern is stated in the amicus that we filed with that Broom case is voted here as well. The League has long recognized that the right to vote 
is meaningless without the right to vote safely. The unchecked carrying of concealed firearms imperils the electoral process at multiple stages, from the threat of violence at registration for voting and the intimidation at the polls. And we strongly urge you to vote no on this bill. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Don Allard, Mr. Allard, you're recognized. Mr. Allard is a proponent of the bill. Ms. Isabella Ensign, Ms. Ensign, Ms. Ensign is an opponent of the bill. Nicholas Condon, Nicholas. Mr. Condon is a proponent of the bill. Buddy Jacobs, Florida Prosecutor Attorneys Association. He says here he's a proponent of the bill. Stephen Porter, Mr. Porter. Mr. Porter is a proponent of the bill. Catherine Allen, Catherine Allen. Ms. Allen is going to be followed by Joe West, who's going to be followed by, by Aaron Yates. You are recognized. Hi, my name is Catherine Allen and I am here as an FSU student. I've lived in Florida since I was three years old. I've walked on our beaches, attended our schools, and enjoyed our natural springs. I grew up in Parkland and I graduated from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Over my time here, my innocence has been stripped away and replaced with the fear that any space I'm in will become the site of gun violence. When I heard about this legislation, I was terrified. A safeguard I relied on to protect public safety and curb my anxiety was being challenged. Permitless carry is reckless and extreme. It has risen to the top of the gun industry's state priorities because it is critical to their business model. More guns in more hands with less responsibility. And your constituents are left with grief and trauma in exchange for profit. I would have liked to end my testimony with a moment of silence for those lost. But even if each person who died by gun violence in Florida was given a single second, it would amount to over 45 minutes, far more than my allotted time. What if one of those painful seconds was your child, your parent, your spouse? What if you were the one who had to wait in a That's hospital good. room? Is that Thank you. Mr. Joe West, you are recognized. Mr. West is going to be followed by Aaron Yates. Mr. West, you are recognized. I'll put the hat up there so everybody can see. I took the same oath to protect and to support the Constitution of the United States that you all did. And you all are responsible for making sure that that Constitution is followed. That's your responsibility. This bill doesn't go far enough, in my opinion. But what it does, does do is this legislature is now super majority for Republicans. And you all, Republicans have just sung about how much they're going to get our rights back. 30 seconds. The truth of the matter is, is that Governor Scott and his cronies violated the whole constitutional rights of our young people. Give us constitutional carry, not concealed carry. Give us constitutional carry, all of it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, we have Mr. Aaron Yates. Mr. Yates is going to be followed by Erica Pratt. Mr. Yates, you are recognized as people. Chair and committee members, thank you for having me today. I'm here on behalf of the National Association for Gun Rights and our members and activists throughout Florida. Uh, I stand here in support of this bill, although I do have some concerns 
as you believe the activist and the fact that open carry is not protected. While I do recognize that the bill sponsored did put some protections in for incidental uh, exposure of a gun, I do believe that we could go further in the state. However, I do support the bill as is written, although I would do wish that we would go farther. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We have Mr. Eric Pratt. Mr. Pratt, you're recognized, followed by Barbara DePayne. Thank you. Gun Owners of America represents more than 2 million gun owners, and we urge the subcommittee to add open carry to this bill. 25 states have constitutional carry in this country. All of them allow for open carry. They have not become the Wild West. Not only that, the five safest states in our country are all uh, permitless carry states, and in all five of them, you can open carry. Here's something else to consider. Not one of the 25 states that have constitutional carry have ever had a legislative hearing to even consider repealing their laws, not a one. Nor have any of them said, gee, having open carry is a problem in this state. So that should tell us something. Let's not punish good people who are concealed and their jacket or their shirt happens to ride up, therefore making them guilty of unintentionally exposing a gun. I urge the committee to pass HB 543 after amending it with open carry. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ms. Barbara Devane, who we're going to call next, she waves in opposition. Uh, we have Ms. Isabella Ensign. I believe she stepped out and she's back. Ms. Ensign. Good afternoon, my name is Isabella Ensign. On January 1st, 2023, nine people were shot or grazed in the shooting at a New Year's Eve party in Miami Gardens. A two-year-old child was shot in the foot and a young boy in the knee. On the same day, two men were killed and four were injured in a large gathering in Ocala. On January 16th, eight people were shot during an MLK Day celebration in Fort Pierce Park. One died the following morning. Three instances of these shootings where no arrests have been made, no perpetrator has been identified, and no registered gun has been found. This is the reality in Florida. Today is the last day of National Gun Violence Survivor Week, and instead of organizing memorials for those who are lost, I'm standing before you begging you not to pass HB 543. If you think for a second that passing permitless carry will lessen the mass shootings in Florida, you are wrong. Background checks ensure that people attempting to obtain a gun are in good mental standing, have a clean record, and keep the guns they purchase on file to ensure correlation with the shooting if it came to that. We don't want to take your guns away. We want to regulate them so that, just like I drove here legally with a license, after passing driving tests, gun owners can do the same. 70% of Floridians are against this type of legislation, including gun owners, non-gun owners, Hi, Democrats. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Ms. Charlotte Roberts waves in opposition. Megan Harris, Moms Demand Action, waves in opposition. Ms. Emily Zoroff. Moms Demand Action waves in opposition. Paula Kiger, Moms Demand Action waves in opposition. Ms. Darcy Boulder or Bolden, Moms Demand Action waves in opposition. Christina Investor, Moms Demand Action waves in opposition. Ms. Pamela Birch Ford, Florida State Conference NAACP branches waves in opposition. Mr. Robert Boris waves in support of the bill. Okay, members, that concludes public comment.
We are now going to move into the, the debate portion of this hearing. Um, members in debate? Representative Cross, you are recognized in debate. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I want to start by thanking everyone who came here to, to speak on this bill and provide testimony regardless of what side you're on. It's important that you are here. Um, I know that there are many responsible gun owners in the state and across our country, and I do support the Second Amendment. Um, I am going to be down on this bill today. Uh, Chair Brandon, I wrote down that you stated that there are 2.6 million gun owners in our state and that if these requirements are changed, there may still be many that pursue training, licensure, or other me measures to ensure the safety of themselves and others. I also understand that we are seeking ways to reduce government overreach. However, a $55, $55 licensing fee that must simply be renewed every seven years seems like a minimal amount to ensure that we're looking out for the safety and prosperity of all of our Floridians and our visitors. Uh, we've heard from several speakers that our training programs may not be sufficient. So I would recommend that we should be addressing that rather than paring down the requirements that currently we have in place. So I will be down on the bill today. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Cross. Representative Edmonds, you are recognized in debate. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I appreciate that. Uh, for those who don't know, Florida is uniquely named the gun-shy state. And there's a reason for that. And this particular bill does not help that nickname. Currently, to carry a loaded gun in Florida, you need a license, training, and a background check. This particular bill will remove these important safeguards, putting all of our lives at risk. Permitless carrying, also known as untrained carry, goes against the will of law enforcement, Florida voters, public safety experts, who know that this bill will only exacerbate gun violence and make it easier for dangerous people to carry a gun in our communities. It will increase gun violence, increase suicide potentially, increase gun theft, and increase the lack of accountability. This is a very bad bill in the time where our bills are going up, insurance is going up, rent, gas, insurance. I don't think right now any of my constituents want this bill. Since I've been elected, I have never had a resident come up to me and say, I want to expand untrained carry. I believe we all are very smart legislators up here, and I think we can use our intelligence to help Floridians and not hurt them. Last but not least, I have never seen anywhere in the Bible that it said that residents should have a right to carry a gun. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Edmonds. Recognize Representative Walker. You are recognized in debate. Thank you, Chairman. Um, <clears throat> Every year, the U.S. has one of the highest rates of gun-related death. There are more than 120 guns for every 100 people in our country. This is the highest in the world by a factor of more than two. So I'm not going to be voting in favor of this because I feel that uh, there's guns, more guns promote more violence. And as for the constitutional elements of this, Chief Justice Berger, see conservative Supreme Court justice proclaimed quote the gun lobby the gun lobby's interpretation of the Second Amendment is one of the greatest pieces of fraud. I repeat the word fraud on the American people by special interest groups 
that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Similarly, another conservative Supreme Court justice, who somebody's mentioned already, Scalia, <coughs> said in the Heller decision, quote, the Second Amendment right is not unlimited. It is not a right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever in any manner whatsoever and for whatever purpose. In my opinion, there's far too much gun violence in our country. The solution is not to make it easier and more convenient for people to have guns. I do not support this bill. Thank you, Representative Walter. Members in debate, we're still in debate. We have members that want to debate on the bill. Representative Lopez, you are recognized in debate. Sorry? Okay. Um, well, let's go with uh, Representative Basin. In fact, you are recognized in debate, sir. Yes, within the bill, it does include the fact that if there's an inadvertent reveal, that is not a penalty. And I, I think that needs to be clarified because that's unclear. Uh, and uh, different ones have, have voiced that, so I'd like the public to understand that, that if you're in the grocery store, if you do have an inadvertent reveal, that is not something that you will be penalized for. Thank you, sir. Representative Lopez, you are recognized in debate. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Carry a concealed weapon without a training and without a permit is like driving a car without a license. Uh, we cannot risk the safety of our families. It is not fair. There is more advantages than disadvantages in requiring trainings and permits to carry a concealed weapon. We have to look for the safety of our state in a responsible way and guarantee transparency and accountability on every person who wants to carry a weapon. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Members, we're still in debate on the bill. Ranking Member Joseph, you are recognized in debate. You're recognized in debate from any chair. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm just testing out a theory. Um, as this country experiences an unprecedented wave, actually it's more of like an ongoing avalanche of gun violence and an alarming increase of hate crimes, targeting places of worship, and even grocery shoppers. I don't even need to talk about the mass shootings that we're all aware of, whether it's our schools, shopping malls, concerts. Like, I don't know where it's safe anymore. Um, steady, screen, steam of, steady stream of school shootings it's like with this legislation or any legislation that relaxes protections against gun violence, it's like pouring gasoline onto an already slow, steady, burning fire. This legislation is a failed attempt to satiate an insatiable group of folks that you already heard from today. <laughs> It's about putting political ambitions and profits over people. It's gonna make a bad situation worse. It will exacerbate gun violence by making it easier for dangerous people 
to get a gun without screening, who will be able to carry in our public community spaces. Not only is it dangerous and short-sighted, but it demonstrates a deliberate indifference to foreseeable harm. What foreseeable harm? Glad you asked. Here's what we've learned from states that have passed permitless carry laws. They've experienced an increase of, let's say anywhere from 11% for handgun homicides to 22% increase in overall gun homicides for the three years after the law has passed. They experience a surge in gun thefts, which my amendment attempted to address, especially from cars. Why? Because it's cheaper and easier for prohibited individuals to illegally obtain guns. We don't have to worry about the second screening because we're eliminating that, we're making it voluntary. And we know criminals are not gonna volunteer for that. Passing such laws elevates gun thefts by roughly 35%, introducing tens of thousands of guns into the hands of criminals or illegal gun markets each year. It also leads to a 13% increase and a 29% so in, in just firearm, firearm homicides and a 29% increase in firearm violent crimes, so not necessarily homicides. Road rage is at an all-time high. So injuries and deaths from gun-related road rage increased from 263 in 2017, long before anybody talked about defunding anything, to 522 in 2021. The lowest rates of gun violence are in states that have stricter laws. The highest rates of gun violence are in states that have weaker gun laws. Contrary to the trope that we often hear, red states tend to have the highest rate of gun-related deaths. Nearly 30% increase in firearm workplace violence. So employers, remember the expression going postal? Well, welcome back. Beyond the politics, let's talk reality. What does this do in real life? Well, it emboldens already violent people to act aggressively. I'm not talking about the do-gooders. I'm not talking about the people who follow the laws. I'm not talking about us who actually have our concealed carry and made an effort to do the right thing. I'm talking about people with clear risk factors of gun violence, including a history of violent misdemeanors, domestic violence, risky alcohol use or other threatening behavior, which we know increases the incidence of gun-related violence death. It promotes a shoot-first culture that turns common conflict into irreversible tragedies because people don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Your music is too loud in your car, I'm gonna shoot you. I don't like the way you're looking at me, I'm gonna shoot you. You're wearing a hoodie and you have Skittles, I feel unsafe. These are not hypotheticals. Many of these happen right here in this state. Do we care? You couple them with stand your ground laws and it enables vigilantism, shoot first mentality, 
not just Trayvon Martin, who I just made reference to from the fake free state of Florida, but also Ahmaud Arbery, or any black person, or any person who anybody decides they want to question you and care in you and interrogate you for any reason whatsoever. What are you doing in my neighborhood? This is your own house? This is your own car? This is not a dress rehearsal. This is not theatrics. This is real life. It promotes a culture of intimidation. Far-right hate extremist groups often brandish weapons to intimidate and suppress the rights of others wishing to express their views. Whether it's at a protest or in their places of worship or sometimes in front of their own home, in their own communities, their own gated communities. In the state of Florida and throughout the United States, we are experiencing an alarming rise of anti-Semitism, anti-black violent crimes, whether it's in Buffalo or elsewhere, and anti-Asian violence. When we pass laws, watered down as it may be, as this, it's enabling these people and emboldening them to continue to do the things that we sometimes have the guts to say that we're against, if we're actually against them. Whether we're talking about situations like Charlottesville, or right here in Florida, hometown of the Proud Boys apparently, or countless neo-Nazi attacks. I will tell you, and I agree, that the current training regime for our gun regulation in Florida sucks. But does that mean you throw out the baby with the bathwater? No. If the training sucks, fix the training. This is not complicated. This is not rocket science. If your goal is to make people safe, if your goal is to help people to live, then these are some things that help that. But that may not be the goal. Law enforcement all around the country, contrary to whatever we have here in Florida, maybe they had a gun to their proverbial political head and choosing between this and open carry, I don't know. But I'll articulate some of the concerns that law enforcement around the country have shared as it relates to permitless carry. An increasing number of Americans carry concealed weapons. Police face greater risk in encountering lethal violence when investigating suspected criminal activity. It impairs their threat assessment. It increases officer-involved shooting, both of the officer and the person that they're encountering. Even more likely to lead to excessive use of force because you don't know what you're walking into even more because that person is now more likely to have a gun. And you pull back from gun-related investigation just because you don't want to get caught up in that. And lastly, I'm not even going to get into all of the Fourth Amendment issues that are raised in trying to now what this bill does is tell the law enforcement officer, hey, you have to find out if this person was legally carrying in order to decide whether we're going to charge them with a $25 fine for not having their ID. That's, that's the penalty. <laughs> ah. Let's talk about another reality. Who wins and who loses? Well, we all heard who the winners are. 
They told us that they've been lobbying this for years. This has been on their wish list, the gun lobby. Permitless carry has become the, become the industry's number one state priority because pushing more guns into more places with fewer questions asked is good for business. More money for gun manufacturers. The more people are scared and want to arm themselves for self-defense or otherwise, that means they get more money. Not, not a hard calculus. Short term, maybe another winner might be the governor who gets a little bit more nationwide political attention. Who loses? We do. <laughs> While the gun lobby gets more money, Floridians get more problems in the form of increased gun violence and preventable bloodshed in our communities. It doesn't have to be like this, y'all. It doesn't. The U.S. doesn't have to be the international outlier, the lasting stock. When I first looked at this, because I've been advocating around this issue, not just now, <laughs> but when I first looked at this in 2015, since 1968, more Americans were killed by guns in the United States than all of our wars combined. The War of 1813, the Civil War, World War I, World War II, we might be tinkering on another one, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Iran, and even all the other wars in places like Lebanon, Panama, and unofficial ones like in Haiti. Since the American Revolution, we've lost more people to gun violence than all of these wars combined. In 2015, that figure was, I'm not even gonna tell you what the figure is. If you're really curious, you can look it up. But let it sink in. All of our wars, all of our wars, don't compare. Americans deserve the right to live free, healthy, and safe too. <clears throat> Member, members, that concludes debate on the bill. Representative Brandon, closing the bill. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's been a long afternoon, and I obviously can't respond everything that's been said today, but I, I do want to clear just a couple of things real quickly. My closing will be very, very brief. Um, I heard a couple of comments today that law enforcement was against the bill. Of course, I said at the beginning of my opening that I'm a longtime law enforcement officer, but as they were leaving and they had to leave, uh, you read a, a statement there that the Florida Prosecutor Association was in favor of the bill. And I asked them as they departed, I said, Exactly how many elected state attorneys support this bill? He said 18 out of 20. We heard from the sheriff, and uh, I checked with the speaker's office yesterday, and I think we're close to 60 out of 67 sheriffs of Florida support this bill. So obviously, law enforcement largely supports this bill. The other thing I want to point out is that uh, many members on the committee uh, have made statements and uh, about crimes. And of course, criminals, by definition, don't obey the law. Criminals, by definition, do not obey the law. 
Every example cited by the opponents was a criminal act. Folks, criminals are getting guns. They're breaking in houses. They're breaking cars. They're arming themselves. And they're carrying them illegally. They don't care what the law says. This bill will simply ensure that Florida would join at least 25 other states in allowing law-abiding citizens, law-abiding citizens, to make the choice to carry concealed for lawful self-defense without first having to clear government-created hurdles like application fees and processing waste time. This bill will simply allow Floridians to carry their concealed firearm without the red tape and expense of a government license. Florida will not become will not come between you and your freedom to protect yourself. That's what it's really about. A vote in support of this bill today recognizes that while the government, while the government has a duty to protect its citizens, its citizens always have a right to protect themselves. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Brandon. Lexi, please call the roll on House Bill 543. Chair Roach? Yes. Representative Spankson? Yes. Barnaby? Yes. Brackett? Yes. Brandon? Yes. Cross? No. Edmonds? No. Jock? Yes. Joseph? No. Lopez? No. Clayton? Yes. Horace? Yes. Trunow? Yes. Waldron? No. Yarkowski? Yes. Okay. Members, show the bill reported favorably out of committee. Thank you. Congratulations, Chair Brandon, Chair Payne. The members of the public that drove many miles and hours to have your voice heard, thank you for participating in this public policy debate. And thank you to the members of the committee with the decorum which with you conducted this debate and made my job as chair very easy. Seeing no further business for the committee, Representative Porras moves we rise without objection. This meeting is adjourned. It directs the the microphone. Oh, it's my direct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Instead of picking it up top and bottom. Well, do you have to still have a jack on it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a <laughs> pixel. So. We purposely got these phones for a reason. What? Oh. Are we still live? Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Just wanted to um, thank you for those of you who uh, were watching us this whole time and uh, paying attention to the debate and the speeches that were given um, by all sides. Um, I'm trying to not be too loud in here, even though it is now officially over, and this bill has passed as is um, to the next stage of things. So that's um, a semi-good thing. But for all of us who actually value the Constitution, 
and open carry and all that entails, um, it's not a great thing. So um, anyway, I uh, will certainly do a Constitution segment recap video for uh, this Thursday, and I will... Um, um, most likely I will not go live with that. I will most likely do uh, just that 10 minute video like I've been doing so that I can continue to post that on the platforms that are used to getting that on Thursdays. So again, thank you for those of you who were um, hanging in there this whole time to see how this played out. We're going to definitely have some follow-up discussions on it next week and in our Constitution segment recap for this week. Uh, have a great day, everyone, and uh, as a quick shout-out, thank you to all of you new uh, subscribers that uh, just came over to us, our channel. We've got several new on Instagram and Rumble and certainly thousands more that we've gotten in the last few days on um, YouTube, and I just want to thank all of you for jumping on board the Restore Freedom train and uh, for joining us in our efforts to restore freedom weekly. All right, thanks guys. Have a great day. Maybe not. Maybe I can't hang up. <laughs> can't end the live stream.